previously on Martini John. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think this is. I don't think that's a generational thing. I think that's more just more common for everybody right now. Like, really? Because, like, Are people yeah. filming themselves watching movies? Yeah, now? we're literally we're filming yourselves right now. Like, I mean, like this is yeah, like it's, it's true. That's, that's the way that, that culture is. Going. I watch. I watch. They got me there, Dan. There's a couple <laughs> people. I just feel like I'm getting ripped off. You are like getting the, ripped off. The minute you walk in the thing, you're paying you're paying too much but, for the ticket. Then the popcorn costs too much, I, and then and then you get the same crappy movie every time. It's like I feel like I'm buying a mattress. It's just not. It's just a like I'm never getting a good deal. You know, it's I just, just going to be Chris, a bad. Yeah, I, I I have to say I agree with you, but there are a lot of times where I've really price check, and Whoppers are fifteen dollars a box. So if you get multi <laughs> they really are. True. I mean, That's there's right. no escaping it. You might Costco maybe fourteen, thirteen. Pepsi is uh, is uh, is two dollars per fluid ounce. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> those yeah. are the those are current market costs. So yeah. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number fifty-four with our very special guest Olivia Sheely. Yes, it's Eric Sheely's daughter who's joining us with her pick of movies that she wants to talk about. Don Siegel's Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956, plus Tim Burton's Beetlejuice from 1988. Olivia was a fantastic guest with some really great choices of films to talk about. We talked about a lot of stuff going on in these films, including some of the weird political vibes that reverberate in things like Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 56 and how they're appropriate to today as well. A really interesting thing to do. Uh, this was also recorded on Twitch. If you guys uh, want to see the Twitch version, which is, has video of us, you can do that as well. I think Twitch actually rolls off old episodes after a while, but I've downloaded all the episodes and I'm thinking about putting them up on YouTube at some point in case you guys want to do that. Uh, but speaking of Twitch, uh, we would love to have more Twitch subscribers or people join us on Twitch when we do these lives. We tend to do it at around 3 p.m., uh, on Saturdays, that's Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. And if you guys want to join us, uh, we'll let you know. The best way to know when we're doing things or what we're doing is to follow us on Twitter. Twitter is actually seems to be one of our more popular social networks for this podcast, and that is just at Martini Giant on Twitter. So go check us out there. And if you want to subscribe to us on Twitch, it's just Twitch.tv/slash Martini underscore Giant. That's again twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant uh, of course if you have ideas of things you want to talk about we would love those suggestions as well twitter is usually the best place to reach us uh, there if you want to just use email if you want to avoid all social media which I can understand you can always email us that is podcast at martinigiant.com and that is our email for that alright that being said let's enjoy Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Beetlejuice with our very special guest, Olivia Sheely. Olivia is joining us today to talk about Hello. her favorite suggestions. We can hear you, Eric. Uh, yeah, we can hear you. Look Eric is inside. All right, thank you. All right, so here's our second Halloween special. This that is we're a doing. Halloween special, our second one. Yeah. yeah, our first one we did two weeks ago, which is our Friday the 13th. No, sorry. No, uh, we did Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which the Massacre. new one goes up on Wednesday. All the yep. graphics I did this week and I have a new sketch. Um, yeah. And uh, so. Thank you, Jason, for hearing us without an echo. Yeah, thank you. And where is he? 
Jason, Jason, Jason he he's in Arizona or some somewhere. Very nice. The next time zone over. Very cool. Um, um, okay, and, and also a quick note: I'm going to get that graphic out um, in the next week. So, to one of somebody was asking about some graphics. Okay, like a poster. So that's going to go out, okay. and that will be taken care of. Nice. Martini giant poster. Martini giant poster. So oh. cool. So this came up, Chris. How? Okay, so this was a suggestion that Olivia she 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 knew that uh, you know Brady had been on the podcast and Lily had done her things about anime, and Olivia wanted to come on, and so her suggestions were Beetlejuice and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The 1956 edition. 1956 uh, Not edition. the Donald Sutherland version that was from 1970-something. I don't remember which one it is. The Sutherland was in 1978. Um, right. I'm not a, we watched that together, too, but I am not a big fan of the Sutherland version. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I'm just... I, I just... I felt like... Uh, some of the characters were a little too... I. The, the suspense that I felt during the first one, and every time I watch it, I feel that way, that there's such a tense, like he, it's like Chinatown. He's the last to know, or he's, he's figuring it out and you're in the same boat. You know, the yeah. kid running across the street and all these kind of weird occurrences that happen. I think the problem with that is when you do the second one, you know that people kind of know the storyline. So they're expecting that level of suspense, like how it unpeels. Like, sure. But you don't. So they use more of this character. I just, I, I, was it Karen Allen? Who was that? I just didn't like her character. Hmm. So I, I used to like it because Donald Sutherland. But when you revisit the 56 version, it's yeah. very tense. Olivia, right. what are you? Now, she chose this. Yeah, why did you choose this film, Olivia? Why, why did, did you, you choose that? Um, well, Invasion of of the body snatchers um that uh really reminded me of um the pandemic that's really going on right now and really um yeah because of like you don't know who it is and who has it <laughs> oh right that's right and um yeah and it's like also kind of like a mystery sort of like um like the story is building as it goes. Uh, yeah, it's un, it's peeling out. Like the mystery is, as you're trying to figure out, you never know who to trust. You never know. There's always a level of mistrust, uh, particularly right. publicly. Um, and you start to be very suspicious. And I guess that's the feeling you had with the pandemic. Like you don't want to go near people. Yeah, like you don't, like you want to stay away from a lot of people. That's right. So... That, you don't trust people. <laughs> yeah. You don't trust people. And yeah. the second movie is something that is dear to her heart. She's watched many times over and over again. And yes. that is? Uh, Beetlejuice. And for Beetlejuice. Martini Giant, we will post, last Halloween, she went as Lydia Deeds from Beetlejuice. And very she cool. looked very cool. So I will post that on the Martini Giant website to embarrass nice. her. That's and, nice. Um, <laughs> I'm good at embarrassing Olivia, by the way. We'll walk into stores and I'll start singing like fame. And she's like, stop it, dad. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> or like the big one I do in public places like Target, I'll do uh, 
it's Showtime at the Apollo, and I'll do the dancers, like the Showtime dancers, the Apollo dancers. It's an old show really do that in New York. <laughs> yes. Stop it, Father. Stop it. Stop it. It's Showtime. Does he really she, do that? And I do, yes, he does. I do the jazz hands, like Bob Fosse, <laughs> and down the aisles, and she's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. So like I have to grab his hand to hand don't, stop. Don't, 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 don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> I'm so good at that. Don't so, embarrass me. Um, uh, yeah, we need a demo. That's what uh, Monkey Man is talking about. So we need to hear you see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a demo for you guys and I'll post it on the website in high def. Right. Um, but yes, so those are the two movies. They're surprisingly enough, and I will post it, we will post it, Olivia, yeah. for the graphics. Move a little closer to the microphone, sweetie. Is that we will post the. Um, we found a picture from a comic book in the late 60s. Oh, my God, that one. <laughs> and it is a skeleton guy okay. yeah. who, who is walking down the aisle with this beautiful woman. And it's exactly like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Really? And, oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. So there is this sense like he pulled a lot from pulp comic books uh, from the 60s, kind of those horror comic books. Right. Um, but there's really a lot of um, even like the suspense layering is like for me, it's like um, invasion, you know, like people come and the way they kind of he goes to the restaurant and people hear some things and the way they kind of just reveal what is eventually going to become the ghost is kind of like this, the slow reveal in the beginning in uh, invasion. But invasion is a beautiful film. I, You know, you watch that over and over again and it is. Uh, it really holds up. It comes across as a 50s, you know, sci-fi film, but there's a lot of tension to it. It really holds up. Dave not 3D bored. is asking if Olivia has seen a 1982 version of The Thing. And I have that's not a seen great, The Thing, the but thing. I would That like is one to. of my favorite, and I know it's okay. Dan's favorite film. I know, and the reason is because there is actually a lot of similarities between her concerns about what people have or don't have from the uh, epidemic. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. Good point, Dave. Good point. That's a good point. Dude. Yeah. That's basically, I love the thing. I showed her some scenes from the thing, but we were worried that it might be too, but we should. It's awesome. It. It's, yeah. I think it's you awesome. would love it. It's really scary. And, and, um, Dean Cundy shot it. We couldn't show it to Brady cause he's got too much of a thing for animals that might be a little upsetting for him. Oh, the upsetting animal scene where they become mutants. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, but that's stop motion. How beautiful is that? Yeah, it was. But, you know, the incredible. thing, what's interesting, the thing in the early, in the, around the same time they made Invasion, the thing, the original thing came out. And that's a really beautiful film as well. Right. I remember this one scene in the thing where um, he was doing like uh, CPR or something to the guy. And he had those electrical things. I really don't know what they're called. But um, when he was, he said clear and put his hands down, um, the stomach just like opened. That's right. Oh, yeah. And then that, um, cool. and then it closed right on his hands. That's and right. Then, and then that <laughs> creature thing came out of his stomach. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> like, what was really cool too is they took the hot wire. And they would put it in the blood in the petri dish, and oh, that, that was, was cool. That was yeah. And that's find out who tell. has it. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could idea. do that with people right now to find out if they have COVID. Yeah. We could do that for people with COVID. <laughs> just walk down the street, with blood. Just just zap people, zap people, zap people, and see like, if they have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was really. Have you heard about the detection apps that there certain states are putting in that now? Yeah, but do they work? Well, if everyone uses it, it would help. So it'll help you keep your distance from certain areas that people may be. Huh. Uh, yeah, supposedly it's it's a it's a good idea. How but do they detect you? Uh, well, you, if you have COVID, then you have to report it and then it's on your phone. And then anytime someone gets close to you, then, you know, wow, that's big brother. Oh yeah. But helpful. <laughs> Listen, if you want to track this stuff, you're going to have to track yeah. it. And if you're going to, that's, that's right. Big brother, you know, I'm not necessarily saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying, you know, the reason we're in such mess in this country is because we really our take our freedom very seriously <laughs> and our yeah. freedom has allowed us to basically let this thing get out of control because people are stupid. <laughs> if we were yeah. all smart and still had our freedom, then it would be fine. But we've also at some point during the eighties, our concept of freedom went for freedom for us as a population where we all work together versus freedom for me. And who cares about anyone else? Somehow we made that political statement there. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's um, but Sorry, getting back to the you went on a political rant. That's fine, Chris. That's what I'm um, going to do. This is what we know we do. That I know, on. and you're very busy working with the Trump campaign. <gasps> Should I have said that? Um, but um, <laughs> sorry, I screwed up. I shouldn't have said that, Chris. Um, no, no, it's all right. But uh, I, I have to say, point. watching Beetlejuice again and again, it. It, I remember seeing the theater in Pittsburgh. It, I went back. I mean, it, I've seen that movie maybe thirty times. Yeah, I've seen it. it's like, really a masterpiece. I mean, so I don't I've know if any of our listeners. How many times have you guys seen it? Any of our listeners find out how many times you've seen Beetlejuice? Um, but for me, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's it really, really, really holds up. It's uh, oh, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, who was that guy? I keep always. Forgetting his name. He was like a stage singer. Oh, he, Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. <laughs> I love Robert Goulet. Every time Goulet. I see Robert Goulet, I think of Alec Baldwin playing no, Dave, Robert Goulet. No, 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 no. Will Ferrell did it. Did, Will Ferrell Will did, Ferrell uh, played Robert Goulet. He did Robert Goulet as uh, on uh, – he went on the Richard's Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he went on the Conan O'Brien show and he like pretended like he thought he was on the uh, uh, Johnny Carson show. And he kept calling okay, – uh, he kept calling uh, Conan. He kept calling him – uh, he kept calling him Johnny. He's like, "Hey Johnny, how are you?" Yes. Robert Goulet. Yeah. Yes. How's Ed doing? Is he on vacation? <laughs> no, he's in it. That was very. There were some really strange choices, and it was Dick Cavett. Uh, Dick Cavett was as in a it? party and guest. Robert Goulet. Yeah, Robert Goulet. Uh, I, I the guy that played Otho, I loved. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Moth. Remember that guy in Oso? The interior decorator. That was really and and like his greatest punishment was to have him wear polyester. That's right. The other thing too that is a total for me phase one of Alec Baldwin because when you look at that film, he's unrecognizable to the Alec Baldwin today because he was super skinny. Oh with short God. hair. And you know, you're right. I, did, like, I didn't even... Because we're so used to Alec Baldwin is kind of super Donald Trump <laughs> and thick and yeah. older. And he is so different looking. That was when he was like the heartthrob, late 80s. 
Yeah. And he was, you look at him like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Alec Baldwin. But yeah, he has not, not the, the Alec Baldwin from 30 Rock, right? Like not very the different. Alec Baldwin from 30 Rock <laughs> at all. But, yeah. you know, you'd never I didn't think. Even, yeah, I didn't even think about that, Eric. That's an excellent point. Like, he looks yeah, so different. Yeah, you never think, though, at that point, he was, they were pushing him to be the big gun. Like the next Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford. And he kind of went, he did the, uh, that one movie with his wife that was basically a remake of the. Uh, one with, uh, gosh, I've lost my mind. Dan, where is Dan? He always picks up on the same beat as me. Um, we're missing the other side of your brain. Other side of my brain. <laughs> um, but he basically, he did Hunt for Red October and then uh, it kind of left that whole angle of, of filmmaking. But I didn't think he was a comedic filmmaker then at all. Who, Dan? No, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, no. eighty-eight, and yeah. um, but he's—it's only on Thirty Rock. You realize how genius he is, but yeah, um, or or actually, no. I re when he his, when he used to come on to Center Night Live in the early days, and he played the he you know he would be with uh, with uh, Adam Sanders, and they would do like Canteen Boy. Remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> he would come on, or he he would talk about his. His Christmas balls on the cooking show. Yeah. But yeah. the thing about Beetlejuice too, and, and Olivia can talk about that, is I think for me also at that period, I thought I was absolutely blown away by the set design. Weren't you? Yeah. Like, what did you like about it? Uh, like, I also liked um, the character Lydia, um, how she's like, I could relate to her in a way that she's an artist too by how she takes photography. Right. And um, she's like a moody artist. I can relate to that because I'm... Really? Yes. <laughs> but what did you think of the set design? I thought... Okay, hold on. How, how old is Olivia in the movie supposed to be and how old are you? Lydia Dietz's character, I think, is 16, 17. 16. Yeah. 17. No, she's younger than that. So 15. She's like 15, maybe. Yeah. And you're like, what, 13, Olivia? I'm 12. She's 12. 12. Okay. So, but you're going to be 13. In February. Oh, so a little bit of time. Okay. A little bit of time. Right. You're getting old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Brady turns 11 in December. So he does. Yeah. <clears throat> Very yeah. good. Um, yeah. But the set design really pulls over from his work as an animator. I also like his stop motion. The stop yeah. motion's really good. Really, really good. Did you guys go to the uh Burton the, show? The Burton show at the at the uh yes. LACMA? Did you take Olivia to the Burton show at LACMA? Yes, yes she went. Yeah. Yeah. She went with, she went no, with Nancy. No, I was, I, it was work. amazing. He and you can see all of his out. old Olivia, you remember all of his old stop motion that he did? Yeah. That? Yeah. That was so cool. What I else? also like uh I yesterday try calling no him. not yes yeah yesterday um uh, we were watching uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in class and right. I haven't seen that movie in so long and just like all the stop mo it was just really beautiful like the yeah the stop art motion too something was in my throat. <laughs> and yeah. the artwork from the show you liked a lot of his early early characters yeah I really like the character designs and like like. There's some scenes with the ghosts. Like, you can tell it was, like, 2D. Like, he drew them. But it was still, like, really good animation. In 
the right. which one? Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and you know that's the thing about the sets there too, Chris. In yeah. um, in uh, Beetlejuice, it, it has such a two D kind of cartoon. A lot of like the, the sculptures moving and the way it was a real blend uh, between live action and cartoon, almost like a Mary Poppins way yeah. of doing that, but with his own style. And that, for me at the time, I was I had never seen anything like that on a, right. on a big screen with a big studio. I also yeah. found it fun that um, there's like uh, in Beetlejuice when they go to that place uh, where all the dead are. Um, it's like a checkout or something. That works. <laughs> um, there's uh, like all these different characters and people in that room. And it's yeah, just I like you can you can tell how they died. Like one of them, it took me a while, but one of them was like a. Uh, she was, uh, in, a uh, beauty queen. No, yeah, but one of them was in a magic show and she got right. sawed in half. <laughs> she right. actually got sawed in half. And that, I thought that was kind of funny because like, usually every time you see a show like that, like, um, you would like, they're always like, oh, she didn't get cut in half or something. But it's like, but all of a sudden it's like a mistake and it accidentally really cuts her in half. <laughs> uh -oh. I hear sound. Um, Dan's here. Hold on. Let me try to get Dan in picture. Dan, welcome. Hi, Dan from Los Angeles. How are you? Uh, uh, no, we don't hear your audio. We but, don't hear your audio. Dan, we don't hear your audio, Dan. How are you, Dan. sir? He'll fix it. He did it last time. There was some setting. He can hear us, but he can't say a thing. Eventually, that's all right. Um... But you notice that a lot of Tim Burton films, usually films become very special around holiday time. And there's there's at least two films of his that become these classics that people always want to watch, like Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas. Hey, you know what we watched for the first time, speaking of that? Because of we watched Beetlejuice, uh, we watched uh, Edward Scissorhand. Edward Scissorhand. Oh I, I love that movie. Yeah. Alan Arkin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! I apologize yeah, for being we late. Can Thank you very much for uh, putting up. That is okay. It is How very late. Sure. That's very. I'm very horribly late. late. I'm embarrassed. Chris is scolding you, but there's no need to. <laughs> uh, Olivia, yeah. man, thank you for putting this together. I hope you guys have uh, already uh, been chomping on these things because these movies are amazing. It's great to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. We talked about mostly a lot of stuff that you that we want to make sure that we could say before you join the show. So you give us plenty of time. Oh so yeah, that's good. yeah. Lots and lots of time, <laughs> and episodes worth of time. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had something to say about the invasion of the body snatchers. Oh yeah. So uh, who was it? Uh, Jason or Monkey Man? One of the saying about uh, Leonard Nimoy was really good in the 78 oh, yeah. version. Terrific. Much agreed. But, uh, yeah. Oh, look, Eric is talking. No, <laughs> Don't go on Twitch. You're part of the show, Eric. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to see the comment section. Okay. <laughs> Can I say hi? <laughs> All right. I'm now, I'm now twitching myself. I'm going to make sure I get muted. Really? Yeah, here we go. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I know uh, Eric and I believe. Uh, believe we disagree on this, but I am a tremendous fan of the '78 version of Invasion. Yeah, of Eric does not like it. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. Oh, do you guys talk about why uh, you do not like it, Eric? A little bit. I just. I, I have a problem with the characters and some of the character build up in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I just, for me, I. I guess 
the first one in the 50s, even watching it over and over again, the suspense and the way it builds up, I'm just sold. I just, I have trouble with the second one. Right. Um, and I guess because I'm so attached to the first one. But I didn't like, I think it was Karen Allen who was the... No, it's actually uh, Brooke Adams, I think. Brooke Adams, yeah. yeah. So I it's similar kind of casting. Yeah, I just I just never hooked into it. The one scene from it where at the end he screams, Classic. I like. Yeah. 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 That movie actually uh the 78 version, I'm like it was you know, it was the first one I saw. I saw the I saw that one before I saw the um the 50s one. And so I'm probably I have a reverse issue that you do, you know, like my I'm nostalgic for the 70s as opposed to nostalgic for the 50s uh, in this case. But the uh uh the the deep, deep spookiness. Like, that was the first time I, like, that ever happened to me in a movie, and uh, where I was like, it, it plugged into the. It's like little kids when they're about like, you know, seven or eight years old. It occurs to them that their parents might be robots, and this happens for yeah. lots and lots of little kids. And right. uh, and I don't know when I saw the '78 version, but it, like, it plugged so hardline into that part of my brain that it gave me literal nightmares for like a couple of years. And it was all around like that ending scene and the way that Nimoy was so seductive about how he did it. And I was just like, it was, it was madness. So like every time right. I see it now, it activates all the same, same neurons. The same neurons. Yeah, it's true. But I did love yeah. watching the black and white one again. It had been a while. Yeah. There is the thing about the black and white one. There is that sense of fifties, it's not hokey, but there was something in it that I just, uh, I understand where people, it just has a very fifties uh, formula feel to the, uh, the way it's set up and they, and they kind of, but the way this distrust in the small town and the black and white, it's just very powerful to me. Yeah. Particularly like the pool table scene. Oh, it's the, that's oh, that great. scene. Yeah. I that, like I like the part where his like it's like um, you see the body, his face, and then all of a sudden his eyes are slowly opening. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> "There's also a lot." If you maybe agree, there's a lot of creative choices there. They did the way they swap people and you know and use probably mold for the mask and how it it was rubber coming out of the pods like with air pumped in it. That would just yeah. with the soap bubbles. There was a lot of really interesting creative stuff done with, you know, 50s props, essentially. It wasn't Ed Wood at all, right. but they probably went to the same prop guys. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, like but, the, way, the way they shoot it is super convincing. Like, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, you're putting up with a bad effect. Like, it's really freaky. Yeah, and it's basically, what was it? It was like rubber tubing that looked like human shape in, like, soap bubbles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And it really was um, – I love the I, the things that, about that movie I remember a lot that really – and watching it again, it's like when he's on the phone saying the FBI, get me the FBI. And you're like, who do you trust? I mean, you're just like, absolutely – is she really connecting him to the FBI? Yeah, it's really long right. too. It's like it's a really – like you start wondering like, wait a minute. This doesn't feel right. You know, like you've been on a phone, right. you've been stuck on a phone with someone putting you off like that, you know, before, obviously everyone has. Uh, but like in that moment, you're like, get off, the, get off the phone, get off the phone right now. And like, cause in the 78 version, it's actually a pretty quick turnaround. Like he's like, it's like, you have to do this for me. And like, and the operator says, we'll be right there, Mr. Bennell. 
you know, and like you immediately know the gag, and it's it's effective, yeah. but it's like they pay it off immediately. And what is better in the in the black and white one is like that scene goes on for quite a while, where McCarthy's like he is the away. last yeah. we know before he does yeah. in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, he's truly the last to know, kind of like in Chinatown, right. Jack Nicholson's character, yep. and it's just like that suspense. I liked a lot because he, as a doctor, a man of science, he's still not completely sold. Yeah. Well, because right. he's you're, you're totally right, and like it's like what Livia brings up with the, the the pool table scene. Like, there's this slow, like the the speed of our realization of what is happening is the same as the speed of the pod person. Like, the pod person is waking up, and so we're in sync with that, and everybody else is not. And so, mm-hmm. like, there's this big tension between it's your like you're waiting for everyone else to see what you're seeing. You know, because that like like Olivia brings up the opening of the eyes, like you see in that close up, like the guy's eyes start to open up like thirty or forty seconds before anybody notices something is wrong, before uh, the wife sees that this is happening, and right. it's like that the the tension is like is so strung out, it's amazing. Can I can I ask you guys this? Because it's never quite explained in the in the fifty. Did they explain it in the fifties version? Like there's a clone of you that's grown out of a spore yeah in is the that, doctor's office right now is that clone then takes you over then becomes you and then what happens yeah, to the original version of you do they yeah kill they you don't all? say what happens to the original version but what my feeling is wholesale you're you're sold to china so um, <laughs> right. just you know right because it's secondhand right. and it's fine exactly. there's a market for it there yeah. and right. so that's basically what's going on but yes, they do in the doctor's office, but you always wonder about that. But you're so scared. Um, that transition time where you fall asleep, you see it in the cave with her. Right. And that cave we've been to, Olivia. Oh, yeah. Up in Bronson Canyon. Oh, yeah. That's the Bat Cave, isn't it? Like for, uh, That's from the Bat Cave. Right. Yeah. That, and apparently they wanted to shoot it because it was written to be in a town outside of san francisco and napa somewhere around there where those malls are there's a thing um something malls uh like outlets area um was the town that the guy based it on Mm -hmm. and uh back in the 50s obviously it wasn't outlets but um they couldn't afford that so they basically shot it in brentwood uh in brentwood hills Mm -hmm. and then up in bronson canyon and and uh, I, I, one of the houses, I swear it's like Montana in Santa Monica, Montana Boulevard, uh, Montana, mm-hmm. the street Montana. Um, but some really interesting, you know, they made it for, you know, uh, a lot less money than and Ventura. Right. Right. And this is a, but, well, it's definitely Southern California. Yeah, without <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like because uh, the Bronson Cave shows up in many things, says Dave 3D. Yes, yeah. Yep. In fact, uh, uh, Dave 3D and I have shot things in Bronson Cave. Uh, <laughs> we have stolen a lot of footage in that place. Um, but yeah, the like I think what's really interesting with the like uh, so what you bring up with the like uh, like his character, like as the as the doctor, you know, like Kevin McCarthy's doctor character, like it's because he's a doctor that he messes up, right? It's like he's like mm-hmm. he's confident in what he knows. You know, it's sort of like, yes, yes, I know that you say that you're worried, Science. but I know yeah. what's happening. You're like, that's in the beginning of the movie because you know where it's going. You're like, 
you're losing precious time, my friend. Like this is going to go wrong. And I think that like the the only like the only flaw for me in that first one is the is the wraparound story that they force them to have. You know, like the the, the it's okay, don't worry, it's under control story. Yeah, it's just like you definitely do not need that. Like that that movie needs to end apocalyptically. You know, where it's just like it's over. You blew it. You know, and uh, oh, you, oh, it has a happy ending at the end, yeah, as opposed to the, the, the ending well, of seventy eight. Apparently, was not this, what they shot, though. Yeah, no, they, really, yeah. because the seventy eight yeah. version really ends with like death. Yeah, yeah it's over. The, yeah. I think when he's <laughs> off the truck and he is basically everyone ends up voting for Trump on a bridge. <laughs> he's on that bridge. I think as you're going to Glendale, uh-huh. right? That's where it originally ended. Apparently, oh, yeah. the, the past. Wait. The Pasadena Bridge? Somewhere. Yeah, it, I think it's it seems like yeah. Pasadena Bridge then. Yeah, it's, it's the one that goes towards the towards the, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That bridge was the ending originally. Yeah. Where he's out there and he sees oh, the pods. Oh, and the then see the, the pods. Yeah, and it's just, oh, so they added done. the other stuff. Yeah, yeah because they, they felt it was too apocalyptic yeah. and scary people. They, scary too, you definitely don't want to scare people in your horror movie. <laughs> like what are you guys doing like yeah like well the world yeah i mean down. remember what happened war of the worlds right they still had those like oh no yeah, what if true. we get sued yeah, now i was reading on this and, and Livia, we were talking about it they didn't plan it to be so they say as some sort of commentary on communism mm-hmm. for that time <laughs> they said they didn't you know right. but right. I, I, uh, I kind of believe that i sort of believe that but you can't help but Put those two and two together. Well, Jack Finney, who wrote the book, um, and I did the 3D guys, I'm a fan of Jack Finney as well. I read the book, and like the book is written in the same year the McCarthy trials are being held. Like it's inspired yeah. essentially by the McCarthy trials. So I, I think that the politics are embedded in it. I felt like reading. The oh, book, it definitely has a political yeah. vibe. Yeah, the, the, the lead actor in an interview from 15 years ago that I read, he was saying, we didn't, you know, we weren't there trying to make. But it's already in the script, yeah. is what you're saying. It's baked in there. And the thing is, like, um, when I read the book versus watching the movie, it's like I got the feeling reading the book, and I can't really pinpoint why, but I got the feeling reading the book that the the body snatchers, the aliens in that were implied in that book were the McCarthyists. Like, mm, yeah. They were the ones who were destroying, like, what real American values were. Uh, but the movie plays a little more flatly, you just sort of like plays a little more openly anyway, you know, like it's a, it's an open metaphor. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to read it as communism is, uh, the alien force. Uh, and, uh, and I, and I think that that's just more like watching it this time. I was like, one of the things that works, one of the things that works in this movie's favor good? is that mm-hmm. it's, it is a little bit, I don't want to say bland, but it's very, very 1950s California low, lower budget film. Like there's nothing. Oh yeah. Like there's nothing. Yeah. Stylish I mean, come on. About the name it. of the movie is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right. right. It's you know it's just as goofy a title as you know Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Right. 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 And so that's those. It was along the lines of that kind of movie. I'll just put it this way, right? You know, you guys know how how uh, the critical Brady can be. He has like, let's watch this movie, and he goes, uh, okay. And so he's like that, and he was watching it with me. And then I asked him, he's like, what do you think of the movie? He goes, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right? Because he thought it was going to be a really goofy movie yeah. called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. If you really think about it, that sounds like a 
stupid movie. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's <laughs> but it's plenty not. of bad movies made in the same 10 years that are exactly that dumb. Right, right so you're like, that, man, you know, you're right. You think it's going to be, oh, yeah, it's going to be like Swamp Thing right. or The Blob right. or, you know. Was it Don Siegel? Don Siegel, that's right. Yeah, and he was good friends with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. He directed a bunch of Eastwood's films. And he also was in Play Misty for me. Yep. He is, uh, yeah, Siegel directed, I think, and if you're on IMDb, you can check me on this, but I think he did Dirty Harry. He did, uh, yeah, uh, he was, a, a and that's of, why he's in Play Misty because yeah. Clint was afraid to, it was first film, so he had him play the bartender so yep. he can help him out if he got a pinch. No, You're so, talking about Alan. Wasn't it that? Woody Allen was involved in that? Oh, no, 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 uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, um, uh, Don, Don Siegel's in a long, long time. Um, director, 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 and, and he like, was in Play Misty for me, which yeah. was Clint Eastwood's yeah. first film as a director. Oh, right, yeah, you're, yes. you're and he played the bartender. Is a, playing against Sam, Woody Allen, movie that Woody Allen didn't yeah. direct. He just wrote. Um, but right. uh, but yeah, no, uh, Siegel is like the def- he's like the definition of a journeyman director. Like he's the, like he's not a stylish director. He's not like you know De Palma or something like this. But he right. really is consistent. Like he really delivers the goods, and you can see it in in, 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 in Body Snatchers. It's like because the movie's a little bit buttoned up normal 50s movie like that's what makes it feel even weirder like it gets and like, it has peck and paw in it and peck and paw's in it yeah exactly that was amazing when you told me that i looked i looked for him but it's like yeah that's peck and paw he was a script assistant yeah it's so good olivia did you see that if did you see i forgot if we mentioned you did see the 78 version right we started uh yeah we started it but um but I want to say one thing. Um, <laughs> in that, okay. Uh, you can you can just interrupt anytime, just in. like I just uh, did. Yes. Yeah. Do, uh, interrupt. This is a show where we interrupt each other all the time. All right. <laughs> um, but in that movie, um, I think it just when it showed the aliens, I didn't really like that because it's like um, it would be better to like not really see it. Like in sure. uh, the first movie, it they didn't show the alien right. nor do you need to see it because it's just like um it really is just what they do is just they take clones of like they take bodies and of people yeah and people. Take bodies yeah, of it people leaves it to your imagination what is happening yeah, yeah for sure but it's just like showing um the alien obviously it's like it was interesting to see um how they would look like obviously i didn't think they would look like that but like um but it's just like it, I was better off not knowing what they would look like. Right. And I also found a small detail in the first movie because uh, there was a time uh, after that boy came in the doctor's office um, and um, after he left, uh, the what's the main guy's name? Uh, Dr. Crenard. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the doctor, he said, call the boy's mother and say that he's going to stay at his grandmother's house. Right. And then when the nurse was going to grab the phone, the music all of a sudden got really, like, sort of intense mm-hmm. because that they're telling the mother who is infected saying, oh, um, here's your where you son. go to get your son. <laughs> yeah, basically, here's where you go to get here's your son. Here's an address. Yeah, right. And then um, there you go. <laughs> but it's like the next time you see the boy and his mother, he's perfectly fine. He's just like smiling, yeah, like yeah. reading a book with his mother. And then. The doctor turns away, and the music got really intense. I was like, I, I found that small detail. I thought that was cool. You also oh, had right. a problem You're with right. some of the mu- some of the music cues were like, for you, um, you thought were. Did you like a lot of the music the way it came on? Yeah, like um, 
Yeah, I guess so. There was a lot of music that was mostly just the left hand of the piano. The one thing too you notice about this film, and Dan, you, you deep in this, um, is that they really don't explain a lot about the alien, mm-hmm. and when they do, it's like when they're in the doctor's office, like pretty much three quarters of the way into the film. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the horror, the the horror of the black and white one is. Is is the world you already know? You know, it's like the the seventy eight version is more actual physical body horror. You know, like it's like it's like we're going to show you what's happening. It's really freaky. It's like the thing. You know, like it's a much more physicalized version of the same stuff. And I think that they do that really really well. But it's a different kind of movie than the black right. and white one. And the black and white one, um, like, makes use of its low budgetness by making like the horror movie element of it isn't. Like the space aliens, it's watching like what Olivia says, like these little weird details that once you're keyed into it, freak you out. Like, and they're all over the place in the background of the movie, and it makes you second guess your reality. Like, right. that's where you. So you start being like, so instead of like with uh, the '78 version, and this is not me knocking the '78 version, which obviously I could go on forever about. Um, but the 78 version, it shows you exactly that this is real and you're right to be afraid. Whereas the 1950s version is, uh, it puts you in a paranoid state of mind and you start looking yeah. at things saying like, wait a minute, was that because he's an alien? <laughs> you know, it's like, what's happening? You have no idea. And like the movie for most of its runtime could get away with saying, there's no aliens. He's just nuts. You know? And uh, and you well, the seventy eight version was was at the heat in the seventies. There was a there was a moment, uh, Olivia, in the seventies where there was a lot of movies about people getting paranoid that the government or other people mm-hmm. were going to go after you, right? Yeah. So so it was like you know there's like the tenant, right? I always no, talk about the tenant. Movie. The tenant is like other people in the apartment are after me and right. they're going to kill me or they're evil or whatever or just like what you were saying Olivia when you go outside and you see people with masks right. <laughs> how it freaks you out like are are they infected are they diseased right. you know yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like you don't know who has it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the that's <laughs> what's that's what ends up being scary. The problem is that some people may not even know that they have it. Right. <laughs> and that's what's even scarier because the thing about like Ebola, for example, is that if you had it, you know, you know, <laughs> it, it announces itself pretty pretty strongly, very quickly. And that's why, even though it was very infectious, it was much easier to control because there's not a bunch of people asymptomatic. You notice, like the guy that basically has such trouble getting married and falling in love, the doctor, mm-hmm. at the end, he's like, wait a minute, you know, go to sleep. He's like, you know what, but I'll never, you know, no, you know, I'd rather just take a chance with love, mm-hmm. right? Because, right. but he basically spent his whole time avoiding getting married and making the sex. You know, there was this kind of, it wasn't too deep, but I, I definitely noticed things like that about his character. Considering it was a low-budget film, they put a lot of nuance oh, yeah. into the people. And I, I don't know if it's directorial or they just cast right and, you know, let people have. Right. Because, you know, it wasn't, I don't think they had a lot of time to shoot this thing. That's the cool thing about it, too. Right. right. And some right. sets are cheap, you know, in the basement and the lighting. Um, yeah. And it absolutely works. Um, yeah, it's, it was scary. For me as a kid, see, I actually saw the first one, the 78 version first. Mm. Yeah, me too. And then after I saw the thing, um, original thing, after seeing the 
second thing, I went back to seek that. The first thing and then the second thing? Yeah, after the second thing on the first thing, I went back to do... Yeah. On another thing, I just want to tell you guys... um, But it's definitely. Um, by the way, have you seen some? Dan, you still owe us an ask picture for. Ah, hell, I'm screwing up. Everything. An ask picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I don't owe you any more of those. You have plenty of those. Okay, I have a lot of those. Thank you. An ask, yes. Um, yes. I, oh, I, for, I, yeah. for Texas. Yep. For uh, Massacre, yes. Yep, I'll take care of that right after this. And, um, yes. It's funny. I mean, we're actually, you know, the guys, our, our, our Twitch team, they've already looked well ahead of our normal. <laughs> Uh, our, our normal followers uh, on uh, that are listening on the they are podcast because we're, we're like three po- three podcasts ahead of yeah, it's a, yeah exactly like when you're listening to this podcast it's probably 2023 uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> no it's not that far, yeah. not that far I think but we are we're doing we're doing one of these switches like once a week uh, which is which is great um, you know we may actually start thinking about releasing them once a week but who knows. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, like uh, outside of the the uh, sort of scheduling car crash that I had today. Uh, like it's from, I think it's great to have this. You scheduled a car crash. I did, and it worked out the way you'd expect. The um, <laughs> it was a wreck. <laughs> exactly. Good um, but yeah, that's uh, like it, it's definitely awesome to have. Uh, uh, I'm uh, scratching. Uh, once a week, three o'clock deal is uh, is nice to look forward to. From from my perspective, I think it's yeah, I definitely. It's I good love it. Week. Yeah. I gotta say, I've been going through the '70s horror stuff. Ah, so good. So good. some of it is good. Uh, the best one is Trog. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, no, no, guys. Olivia did not like Trog. It looks like. I gotta be honest with you. That when she had that gun and she shot that guy. I mean, I believed it. And I gotta say, she had a gun. Stop. Oh, stop. And they were in the cage, and she fed him like reptiles. Yeah, and I really liked what I really thought was nice is the the subtlety of the emotional music that backed that scene. Oh, that was it. Was just it was just a little touch, just a little touch. Oh my god! I have to. Horrible. Okay, there's one part in that movie where um, th- that trog creature thing grabbed this boulder <laughs> and it threw it at the reporter, but the reporter just like stood there yeah. with the camera, like, uh, "Oh, let me capture my dying moment." <laughs> and I was just like, "You didn't even try running, and then you didn't show any fear, nor would it- I mean, I wouldn't even show any fear because that does not look real." Yeah, exactly. First of all, you're, you're throwing a styrofoam rock at me. Second of all, I don't believe your giant weird caveman mask. <laughs> like, like the rest of you is yeah. like it's like a skinny guy in like a caveman head that is about I don't know the size of a pumpkin. <laughs> like it's just insane. And like they, they like I can't. The makeup that. was really good. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> How can you roll on that movie and be like? professional i think the, the <laughs> think that part of the makeup he was felt like with a little bit of glue yeah i believe that's <laughs> it exactly just dab it on there just wet it with a coke and stick it on your forehead that looks like an eyebrow that's perfect oh yeah, there's a couple of them you know what's really interesting i watched uh season of the witch mm. yep. and it's like i no joke i went to undergrad outside of pittsburgh mm-hmm. in washington county and that's where Romero shot, like, the graveyard wasn't far from where I had my house. Oh, the classic. Like, old house. Yeah. For about a hundred, it was a hundred and forty dollars a month. They're coming to and, get you, Barbara. And it was like, but so whole, those environments, I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's, uh, Washington County. Yeah. Uh, 
because he was from there. So they were all filmed there. Like the yep. Night of the Living Dead was shot at a, the graveyard was not far from where I lived. Uh, that's uh, that's nice. great. Yeah, I mean, like I was. So he was local hero, like crazy. Oh, he's all, he's all the steel yep. steel bars, like the steel town bars we used to go to. Yeah, like he like he's one of those guys. Like I don't think he's the best director of actors. You know, like he's no, like it's a little shaky. But like his like his his intensity and what he's trying to say with that stuff. Like I mean, Season of the Witch is a really is a pretty deep movie for the kind of movie that it is. Like it's really trying to get an idea across and it, like it it because uh, the whole thing is essentially uh uh it's a it's a it's a feminist um um movie ab- about um like 50s oppression still being baked into culture into culture and uh and uh, it's a it like it's not very subtle but he also sort of lets the actors uh improv and sort of open up a little bit in a way that captures the moment better than most movies of that period that are much better produced. Uh, it was really, really good. Like, I mean, the, the movie to compare that to is uh, Altman's movie, which is also in that set, um, uh, called Images. And it's the same story. Mm. It's basically the same movie. Um, and Images is very good, and it's extremely well made, but it's not quite as emotionally satisfying as as, uh, as uh, Romero's movie, even though the acting's way better and everything about it's way way better, like Romero's movie is is much more honest and less you know artful about it. That's the only problem. You know what I think the believability about um, the the movie that we saw, which was before we get to Beetlejuice, uh, was the invasion. Was I think the blessing at for them mm-hmm. on this film for Don Siegel was. You know, a lot of the extras, or the, the the character actors, were a little older. So, at that time, you know, Hollywood probably had a ton of character actors, great ones from westerns and stuff, that could be in it. Because I felt everybody was the cop yeah. and the other doctors. They were really great. But believable. this was also at the height of like the small town. Everyone's cool and happy. Right. Yeah. Feeling but just right. In terms this of was. The, I mean, this actors, was could have been. You could have started with Pleasantville. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But the actors and then they've gone into like, oh, wait a minute, everyone's yeah, because Pleasantville is a lot of. If you think about Pleasantville, that's almost like they walked into the town after the epidemic of those crazy people, yeah, the the pod people, Mm -hmm. and they reintroduced love. It's like the reverse invasion of the body snatchers. (laughs) (laughs) They got them to actually have sex again and and be in love again (laughs) and risk things in their lives, and then the, the. yeah, and they woke him back up. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 so the, the, I think that's kind of like there's something interesting because it was done in in, in the fifties, right. you know, in fifty six specifically. It it, it has uh, it it's it's a it's a I, I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was about introducing it into this is what we're going to turn into mm-hmm. if you keep going the, yeah going way. the way you're going because like I think you're right because like what's really interesting is like the the reality that it presents at the front end of the film is kind of like the pods have already won. Like, it's it's really pretty buttoned up and everything's settled. And yeah. Like, there's, you know, men know what's going on and women do these things and blah, yeah. blah, blah. They, and in, in fact, that's the thing. Right. They all seem to be going about their daily lives, but there's something missing. Right, exactly. There's something empty inside. And, and I right. think that that is where Siegel's direction, it really kicks in. Because Siegel himself, you know... I think that Siegel was probably a fairly uh, uh, libertarian kind of character. Um, yeah. And I, I, I believe that he probably hated 
the fifties attitude. Like he probably hated that whole McCarthyistic, you know, like Ike. Uh, yeah, stuff, you know. And so like he can't really contain his disdain for even where the world's at in the beginning of the movie. Like, and so he lets Kevin McCarthy sort of be like, well, let me tell you a story about how smart I am for being a doctor. And you're like, uh, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, uh, and then, and so when the aliens sort of do their thing, right, it's, there's a little bit of schadenfreude. You're just like, yeah, yeah hey, man, this is where you were going. Like you're saying, Chris, it's just like, this is, this is the direction you guys were headed. And we're just making it really clear. You know, and you just go go to sleep, go to sleep, and you're like. And I think no. you get that uh, really across when they go to visit that cousin or uncle, and the guy's out in the yard, you know, mowing the yard. Oh, it's right, very right. like American scene right there. Everyone's yeah. lounging around. Oh yeah, it is a it is a front porch rocking chair, and he's lost kind of his town. mind in a way. And <laughs> yeah. It's like. Totally. And apple pie cooling on the windowsill. Right. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and there's one part where. Uh, the uncle, he was looking back at them while they were talking, like, what are they talking about? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. also, um, there's parts where you can tell who was infected or not because, like, um, they talked robotically, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like, they're like, to, to them, amongst oh, hello. themselves. Yeah. Or yeah. something yeah. like that. I was just yeah. like, that's a bit not. Yeah, it's weird. It feels weird, you know, like because, like, yeah, there's moments when like it cuts back into where the, it's just a room full of aliens, and they're like they've just been really nice, and then the last human leaves, and they're just like, "Well, that's it. Let's kill them." <laughs> You're like, "Oh like, no, let's get them." <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think that yeah. like the and they like, put the pod next to the baby. Oh, that's so <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I was like, like, "Oh no!" Yeah, that that's... baby won't be able to have any emotions in yeah. his life. Man, man, but yeah. but it's kind of hard on the pod baby. I mean, like it's like you know, like everyone else gets to be a full grown adult, and then that that alien's like they already experience like emotions. <laughs> but like this baby, he'll never experience what it feels like to have emotions in his life. That's yep. right. Nor yep. will he want to. Yeah. Right. And, and babies are you know, pretty. You know what? Receptive. But they, but that baby, that baby's not going to cry on an airplane. Not at That's all. That's a good thing. Could be like, that is good. <laughs> fine. That is good. Yeah. Yep. This is all right. I like this. I'm, I'm I approve. Yeah. The like yeah. I, I think that there's like. There's a uh, like they make this they they remake this movie every no, like ten or fifteen twenty years, and I think it yep. really should be one of these movies that you have to in order to graduate from film school you have to direct a version of this that is good because the setup is so compelling automatically that if you mess it up you should probably do something else. Do you remember when SNL did one? Of these, no. It was after the '78 version, and they did one where they're like people are waking up and becoming Republicans and voting for Reagan. Do you <laughs> right. remember that? No, it sounds genius. That's awesome. Yeah, trickle down economics <laughs> totally makes sense. Let's let all the rich guys get a break. That's right. And maybe they'll give us some crumbs. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they'll have so much money, they'll give us some. Yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That, that's, I, think, I gotta look that up. That sounds really great. That, yeah. yeah man. Like, there's something like there's something that's so inherently like uh, understandable about what the metaphor is. Like you like you can apply it instantly to basically anything. But I think you're right. Like make this now with with Trump 
And people would be like, like if you made it exactly like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, people would be like, no, it's actually much worse and sillier than that. <laughs> the reality is much, much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were to make the Trump version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you would see uh, like the head alien putting pods next to children on buses and the cops would be like, yeah, no, it's just they're doing a plant experiment at school. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Project. School it's project. a school project. It's a school project, guys. I don't know. You can it's listen like... to me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just sort of nods and goes, yeah, no, that's normal. So. Yeah, that's normal. Guys. Just putting some nice. giant random plant pods we right do. next to We've our children. Done this. Very normal. Yeah. Very normal. Totally fine. Totally I am fine. not concerned at all for my children's health. And <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Well, nor do I care, do I what, care. if this is like dangerous or anything. Nor do I care. I'm very no. happy for my child. She's doing great in school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. So good. So Olivia, can I ask you like what are your like I, I uh, what are your favorite movies outside of this? Like what is your what is what is the sort of you know, uh, go-tos that you would recommend outside of this movie? Because I don't know many people like my own age who recommend 1950s black and white science fiction movies. So I am excited to hear whatever else you have that, that you can tell us about. Like, mm. there's got there's got there's got to be stuff that is exci- as exciting to you as this was for me when I was a kid watching this. Thing. Deer Hunter? Deer Hunter, yeah. obviously. Is it what? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Deer Hunter. Yeah, the we tenant. love that. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that movie repeat. is so brilliant. That's like a yeah. way I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> if we're, whether we're joking or serious, I agree. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. I know we're going to get to Beetlejuice momentarily, but I just want to get sort of like a parameters for what you're into. We got plenty of time. Yeah. We're only an hour into this. Yeah. <laughs> she loves Promised Neverland. Oh, right on. It's my favorite. It was Promised so Neverland. Yeah, so good. It, it's so good. Yeah. Even though you don't like it, but you mm. know what? <laughs> Amen. You liked it though. Yeah, I really liked it. I watched Did it s- two times. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is uh, this is Lily's recommendation, right? Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, she I really, listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I really okay. like that. Um, I really like that show because it's like um, it was just interesting and um, the suspense, the build yeah. up, the characters. Yeah, like the how the characters grew. Yeah, totally. And I also like anime. <laughs> sure. Nice. Sure. Well, there's a lot of yeah. That's it also inspired cool. me for my art too, like. Like, if I yeah. watch, like, a, something animated, like, I remember watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and yeah. there was this one part where, like, beautiful. I that movie, movie is beautiful. Yeah. But um, I totally recommend it for people who have not watched it, but, um, but there was parts where, like, where their eyebrows went down. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be, like, a line that shows, like, the, how do I say it? The wrinkle of the... The er, eye? Yeah, of the eye. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool. So then I started doing that for my art. And yeah, oh, yeah right. it actually really helped. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So a couple yeah. notes on that, uh, Olivia. One is, uh, did you see the trailer of the Japanese live action yeah, version of that, of uh, Promise Neverland? She so said, is that of- real? And I said, yeah. That is real. That is real, yeah. That is real. Which would be amazing if they make an American version. They're making a version. That's a real version. I don't know if, they, if they're I making an American fake. version. She thought it was fake, guys. No, it's real. It's, it's real. real. No, because they, they, uh, they did that for uh, the other one that we talked about when um, uh, Lily was here. The one with the giants uh, outside the wall. 
uh, they made a live action version of that as well, and it's just as weird. Okay. Like there, there's a sort of like a vein of Japanese oh, uh, uh, attack, atti- attack attack on Titans, titans. and so I also oh go ahead oh sorry uh, well I have to say um those demons in that trailer thing mm-hmm. they looked like pretty cool. I was like because those demons um I think they're cool like the design because usually if you think of a demon you would think a person with horns and then right. tail with yeah just yeah. red right. Right. but this demon this like with the three eyes and like those hand movements i was just like that's like a really interesting character design yeah. of a demon i would have never thought of an idea like that but, but i think, now I think right like, yeah i like it with the, with the greatness of that it was such a it was such a uh a, a sort of a tonal and uh stylistic jump from where the story was at at that moment because I was just like, it's happy and it's you nice and everyone's sweet to each other. And, and then you see that demon and like, right back. it was You're like, oh, this isn't happy. It was like, I, it's like the movie, it's like it changed into a different movie. And if it had been, right. if it had been a standard, uh, you know, demon, like you're describing, like it would have been more accessible and like, oh, okay, I guess there are demons in this world, but it's so yeah. right. beyond that. And it's so weird and frightening looking that I was, I was knocked out. I was like, that's like this is the show I want to see now. Like before that, I was like, "Oh, it's cute. I like this show." But then it's yeah, like, yeah, I was like, "This is adorable." You know, I was like, "Those kids are so adorable." You know, this is a. I would love to be in that orphanage if yeah. I ever was an orphan. So and great. I was like, you know what? I take all that back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like forget whatever I just said just like two seconds ago. Absolutely, yeah. I take all that back. Absolutely, yeah, no, it's. So I also like in the middle of watching that show, I was like, it, like wondering. Is there actually an outside world with humans, or is it all demons? Totally. Like I was really, I was like, is there humans yeah. still Somewhere? out there? Yeah. Well, I think we we're going to find out in season two, which would you know that's like the sequel, but uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty interesting. But that's like the, that's the beauty. What you're saying is like that's the beauty of the, that kind of storytelling. It's like yeah. this happens with. It's like you're like hanging over to see like right. what's going to happen because like <laughs> the story. It's like the story uh, instead of like them telling you what the story is, like the story appears in your head. And like, when, right. once you make the realization of what's really going on, your brain's like, "But if that's true, then what is? What about this and this and this and this?" And that's when you get freaked out. And that's what Body Snatchers does. It's like Body, yeah. Sna- Body Snatchers is happy and fine, and everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then one or two things go wrong, and you go, "Wait, if that's true, then I have to rethink everything that I just saw, because yeah. I know that kid was already acting weird." You know, and yeah, I, and like, I think that like that's like when they set that when they start like this is great for you to point out was like you start seeing things that are strange before uh, it is revealed what is happening. Yeah, you know, it's just like when that kid was running, I was like, I mean, he wouldn't. I wouldn't really like run like sprint for my life for just because of school. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. wouldn't really do that. Yeah. Right. If for me, I would just like I wouldn't sprint. I would just run right. but really i wouldn't run away from my home as fast as i can <laughs> right exactly right and then like the terror that that kid is in right yeah, yeah like that wasn't just like because of school like that's unnatural just, it's not yeah. yeah you know and it's sort of like in the in the beginning of have you i don't know if you've seen the movie the thing that we were talking about before oh no i i have seen like clips Parts of it. yeah but 
It's yeah. a pretty intense movie. But the, that movie opens up with this. I think we're going to talk your dad into into saying it's okay for you to watch that movie. That movie I want to watch that terrific. movie really bad. It is terrific. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite. I heard Lily has seen it. Yes. Lily's loved it. Lily loved it. That is, Brady doesn't want to see it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's films. crazy. Like, you forget how crazy that movie is. And, yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, my youngest son uh, just watched it for the first time. And I was just like, that's on the very outer edge of what's appropriate to show someone this age. Like, I was yeah. like, we are riding a thin line. This movie is crazy. How old is your, your how old is he? He, he just, about? he just turned 13. And, uh, oh, we watched okay. a little, just a little while ago. And, uh, and I could see, like, he was like, he was down with it, but he was like, is this okay that I'm seeing this? <laughs> I was like, I honestly don't know, man. He's <laughs> like, I really don't know. Yeah, but we're know. watching it anyway. I so. think I remember. I remember. <laughs> I think I remember when I was with uh, Karen. Got upset at me because I was hanging out with Brady when we were, uh, and he was probably like six. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let's watch a movie. And I decided to watch Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> like, what the hell are you watching? Deep. Yeah, that's a bit steep. It's like there's, there's, there's you know, uh, uh, women who are working, working women, shall we yes, say, exactly. to right. that. And uh, a bunch of other. are a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah and they're like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I thought it was funny enough that he might find it. Because sure. he likes anything that's a little bit more comedic. Well, yeah. I forgot how old I was during this. But I remember... Um, I was probably young, but not too young. And it's like, you're like, hey, let's watch Beverly Hills Cop. And then, so, <laughs> and then just like the first, <laughs> I was just like, Foley, oh, you yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> and in typical Eric, I was like, Nancy, I was like, is, do you think this is all right for her age bracket? And she walks in. She's like, "No, like, really? Yeah." But the thing is, we bought that movie because they're like, we remember it being really good. So let's buy it. Yeah, and it's exactly. just like, you know, I think we should take all that back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, can we just just can can we roll that back? Some of the bit? early films I remember uh, when she was super young, she loved Ponyo. Oh, oh Ponyo's great, great film. Yeah. yeah, and she used to sit in watching this huge television on the carpet, eating ramen with ham, mm-hmm. and sit there and watch Ponyo over and over and over again. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, anything by uh, Miyazaki is crew is just insane. Just beautiful. Uh, Livy doesn't like that story. Uh, <laughs> I'm <not> gonna... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but I'll tell you this, Olivia. I'll tell you this. If you liked Spider-Man: Enter the Spider-Verse, which is a great show, mm-hmm. uh, a great movie. Uh, you should watch or listen to my other podcast, CG Garage. I have Peter Ramsey. He was the director uh, of that. So ask your dad to make you uh, listen I will do to, that. P- to Peter Ramsey, who also directed um, uh, a movie, a Christmas movie that got uh, didn't did, failed miserably at the box office, but uh, is a very good film, which is the uh, uh, yeah, what's it? The Guardians of like the. Uh, that we the the Christmas Guardians or something like no, that. No, I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the one with uh, like the each uh, there's yeah. I don't right, know what like you're the, about. This, I can't think of the name. Yeah, apparently, yeah, it was it's supposed to be really, really good. Well, Spider Verse is extraordinarily well directed. Spider Verse is amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. Peter is doing some like uh, Spider Verse is. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like, like the artwork. Like I love how it has a comic style, like the shading with the uh, halftone. Would mm-hmm. I say? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was beautiful yeah. and brilliant. Yeah. I was just well, like, well, that's what I was thinking. You know, Olivia, especially as you as an artist, I, I, 
that's how I want to see every superhero film to or or any comic book film. Oh, yeah. Make it look like a comic book. Do it like that. Watch a bunch of Batman movie yeah. that looks like that. It would be incredible. Yes. Incredible. Monkey Man, Rise of the Guardians is the name of the movie. Thank Rise you. of the Guardians. Monkey yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I also want to give a shout out to Monkey Man, who is, uh, uh, I know that uh, he's, yeah, I think he points out here, his son, one of his favorite movies is 12 Angry Men. So we are definitely <laughs> talking to the right audience right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is good parenting. Yeah. When your 12 year old <laughs> likes 12, 12 Angry Men, yes. that's a. Yeah. There is actually one thing that is not related to the show that I want to ask Dan about and Chris was your thoughts on Quibi collapsing this week. Oh, it's totally normal. Like I totally expected that. Yeah, I expected that. Yeah, I did too. I I had had high hopes. There's a really good article. You know what? I'm just going to pull it up while we're talking here and I'm just going to pull up some of the the talking points on it. Uh, Oops. Yeah. Uh, The Verge. You want to get up and get a snack or something? You can. Um, there's a there's a fen- if you guys are interested in streaming news about streaming networks and things of that nature, uh, there's uh, uh, Julia Alexander is a reporter on The Verge, and she does stories about um, uh, this kind of stuff about streaming networks. She's like the number one reporter on that kind of material, uh, and I highly highly recommend. Uh, you guys uh, read her stuff. Yeah, that sounds she's fascinating. Really good. Uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, you well, guys keep talking. I'll find oh, the yeah, article. Oh, yeah, because I think you know, if prior to COVID, Kubi was a really interesting idea because most people – like people watch a lot. But of it's them. not just COVID that collapsed. I mean, oh, the yeah, whole sure. concept there's, there's was... a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, they're, they're trying to take a stab at something that was an aspect of something that I think streaming should be doing. Um, but right. they bent the, they basically bet their bet the farm on it, and then it 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 didn't it, it couldn't even possibly have gained any traction during COVID. So it's like there's no way to even have the dialogue about what was valuable. Um, right. But like the but uh, I do think that like it shows that like it shows how fast um, uh, the situation is moving in regard to streaming entertainment and how things are changing uh, so quickly is like. Quibi's coming out and saying like, okay, well, people mostly watch stuff on their phones now when they're traveling and on trains and like this is how they consume all this stuff. But it's only for like New Yorkers yeah. who are on a subway. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't watch Quibi while I'm driving, driving to work in LA. Right. But, but like, <laughs> right? It, like, they thought it would it would sort of like the, be the bridge between the YouTube slash TikTok crowd and the, ne- and right. the Netflix crowd, right? Which is probably not a great bet to start with. Um, no. But it is interesting to try to like, what if we were to try to do drama and and, you know, like real filmmaking stuff in extreme in 10 minute increments, in 10 minute increments. And the thing is, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that, but I think that it's, well, it's something it could you, be, like, it, I don't a, think that's the problem. Though. Right. The problem is like, okay, so here's, uh, this is our article, 11 reasons why it failed. Mm-hmm. It's like, number one, nearly oh. all of Quibi's shows were terrible. <laughs> big one. It was all, it one. was all, yeah. it was all basically stuff that people like sold off and like, oh great, we have all this terrible IP and now we have a, some idiots that want to buy it. Perfect. So right. they all pawned it off. And they spend a ton of money on terrible IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, people's li- uh, people's daily number two. People's daily lives change. Quibi didn't yes. right. So as everyone started doing things differently, Quibi didn't know how to adapt to it. Right. Uh, Quibi failed to invest in the power of memes. Right. So that's another one that's pretty interesting. Quibi's price was way too high <laughs> for what you're getting. Four dollars. Uh, I think it was like seven. Uh, it was five dollars a month. Dude, uh, like no, but or eight, or eight, 
or eight dollars without ads. I mean, that is really expensive. Yeah, come for, on, for dude. like man, like uh, like Shutter is four fifty a month, and I get like right. every horror movie I ever wanted. Like, and I don't right. have to put up with yeah. dumb stuff like they're putting out. Uh, Shutter anyone... is where you go. Yeah, Shutter. Oh, for horror films, yeah. yeah, it's the best one for it's horror great. films. Did anyone outside of our media Twitter know about Quibi? Like, did anyone like they they didn't advertise very well? Nope. Uh, people love people saying, "I heard of this thing called Quibi that that got you know like people didn't know what it was when they found out it went bankrupt." So that's a thing, yep. right? Uh, there's problems at the very top. Obviously, when you have Meg Whitman and Jeff Katz, that's the Katzenberg. only reason why I thought it was going to fail when I first like, heard it. I was, it was like, like, "This is not going to survive." I said that a year and a quarter ago because right. you have two CEOs, Katzenberg and her. Right. It's like this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And you know but it's just going to be butting heads constantly. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why apparently should, what it was. Yeah. Why should Quibi exist? Quibi never Quibi figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't even know why they need to exist. <laughs> if I'm on my phone, I'd rather watch TikTok. That's another reason. It's yep. true. Like like TikTok is free and there's that's the kind of stuff you're doing. An ongoing fight over Quibi's main technology. That was another one that was going They're getting on. sued. Uh uh, its entire thesis is wrong, <laughs> and yes, the pandemic, and that's the last one, you know. Uh, but but yeah, it's there was there was there were so many reasons it failed. Yeah, so many reasons it failed. Yeah, I basically agree um, with all that for sure. And I feel like the like it the the only useful thing about Quibi is to like is to make an argument for you know the kinds of story like the parameters of storytelling should be that flexible. I think that that's true. Nice. You know, um, but their business model was just like, "Fuck you!" Um, pardon me. What, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to. I, 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 I do that. I, sometimes I swear on the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, but yeah, like, what are you doing? It's just a dumb. It's a dumb thing to be doing. And like the all of their, you know, the first thing that said is like their their shows are terrible because they all sounded like uh, elevator pitches. Like it sounded like the right. worst, corniest elevator pitch. And it's I don't know I mean, I don't have Apple TV Plus because I don't sort of I don't have any Apple ecosystem stuff in my house and not that I don't you know I can't subscribe to Apple Invasion stuff, of the Body Snatchers I, I haven't really I haven't yeah well talk about Invasion of the Body <laughs> exactly. Snatchers yeah you're you're in the system yeah. if you're on the, on that uh, Apple thing you can't leave and and there's people literally who won't listen there are people literally who will not. Leave or feel they can't leave the Apple ecosystem yeah. because of uh, I, uh, their their chat system. Yeah, dude, it's like the thing they're is locked that, into you know the chat. Because like, all you have to do is put an iPod next to someone's bed while they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's pods. It's pods. I knew it was pods. <laughs> yep. 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 It's Did your nice. father leave, Olivia? Oh, no, I'm he's here. Right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. But uh, the do do you have Apple TV stuff or Apple TV Plus or the, the no. that stuff, Eric? Well, we use the Apple TV uh, little puck. I know, but you don't have the Apple Channel. Right? No, we watch uh, Prime, uh, Netflix, Criterion, and Hulu. We get for free. Right. Right. Because right. of Spotify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I got I got Hulu, but I pay for it to have, not have ads. Yeah, we don't have ads on ours because Spotify did some deal and they gave it to us. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Really? Do am I paying for Hulu and don't need to? No, we paid for Spotify, like, and they sent me a thing. Said you get Spotify if you have been 
you get Hulu if you've been with Spotify this long. So I just clicked OK, and now I get it. That's amazing. Because I can tell you, if you have Hulu with ads, which I do, it yeah. they punish you for not paying them. Because they'll have like two ads, and they simply play those ads over and over and over oh, again. Oh, yeah, like Chinese water talkers. It it's mind-numbing. Well, it's I mind also numbing. noticed that they'll say ad, not on Hulu, but on YouTube, ad ends... In, yeah. uh, you know, in 10 seconds. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't say ad ends in 10 seconds, and then we're going to play you another ad. And it's like, right. oh, yeah. cool. So it, then... <laughs> that's like, if you're sliding down a razor blade to start with, you don't want to know how long it's going to be. <laughs> you're yeah. going you will die in 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, great. No, I'm sorry. It's 30 seconds. We're going to go a little slower. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. You know, it's funny. It's like, we, you know, because we're, we're, we're uh, on... Uh, uh, we cut the cable and we went to an Airbnb and they, they had cable there. That's the TV. So we were watching sort of regular TV and I f- forgot how bad, I mean, regular TV oh, is yeah. really bad. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. So Hulu will play you the same ad over and over again, but regular TV, it's constant. Interruption. When did you cut the it's cable? It's worse. Oh, uh, five years ago. All right. 2008 for me, 2009. Yeah. So you've cut it for like 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. Because it's it's all sports stuff. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. Well, we didn't sports watch sports either. Kid, we didn't watch sports anymore. either. But Ken was like, oh, but what am I going to, you know, I want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like, really, we have cable for hey, man, RuPaul's I love, Drag Race? I would, I would pay for you, that. But I you can still show. watch right. RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. You can just buy it yeah, exactly. as a show. It's not well. Buy it as a show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If it's important to you, then just buy it as a show. It's right. still cheaper than paying a hundred dollars right. for it. Yeah, you know? like I, yeah, it's like I think we cut the cord. Uh, realistically, six years ago, right? And uh, six, seven years ago, and and like when I've had to interact with normal TV, it feels like I'm in a comedy version of real tv like this can't be like this this is like some it's such a horrible experience it's wild it's really wild hey by the way just a couple quick things on criterion for everybody there's ernst lubitsch Mm -hmm. uh film and then bogdanovich does a talk about it before it's really good oh nice nice okay love some both those guys for sure and olivia is that lucifer lucy this is lucy hey Mm -hmm. hi sweet pea look at that how old is lucy we don't know. She was. No. Um, She's a rescue. She was barking on the floor and annoying me, so I picked her up. <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's the law. Yep. That's it. There's a. There's a. She's not. There's a a guy, a YouTuber that I followed. It's really funny, and he he has a kind of a, like a Morgan Friedman voice and he does things about animals uh, shows about and he does true facts about blah, blah. <laughs> and I put one of them up on my Facebook where he did true facts about sea snails that was really funny <clears throat> uh, but he does these a bunch of things but then he did a whole bunch of videos of cats just sitting on chairs and sofas and it was cats having therapy so he would do the voiceover of the cat as like they're going through their therapy it's like my owner hasn't fed me in two seconds yes 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 and like, so, i really and, don't know how i feel about this you know doc so it's just like it's really well, hard that, on me it's very stressful if i don't get like food in like less than two minutes i i'll go it's insane it's very, well they had one it's really the hard cat, to explain but. the cat was like he was like well 
Uh, my earliest memory was uh, behind a dumpster at, at a Trader Joe's in Glendale. And there was a thing of tofu that uh, I thought was my mother, uh, but it had fermented. And as I was trying to nurse a tofu, uh, it exploded all over me. So I was there sitting with what I thought was my mother all over me. And it was quite quite a traumatic That's experience as, as a child. <laughs> that is perfectly horrifying. It was, the, the, yeah, I'll have to play it for you. It's really funny. But, you know, they talk about, you know. Like one of them complains like she doc she got me a peacock feather a peacock feather why not just get me the whole peacock so that i can murder it <laughs> so i can kill it so i can just murder it <laughs> it's really funny like these cats that are sitting in there like going through their therapy yeah, i wish that people would understand that like cats don't kill you because they are bigger they are you are bigger than them that's all that's actually happening they they would kill you <laughs> that's, that's, <true. laughs> like that's right like, you're too big oh, well you give me food i would still kill you if we were the same size <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah my instinct is to kill things approximately my size maybe 25 percent bigger yeah, that's, that's about, about the most so yeah. after that yeah reconsider yeah exactly then we, i'll be nice <laughs> <laughs> Cats. Yeah. I love cats. I'm a cat person, and cats are evil and uh, undefensible. That's just how yeah. it is. I'm I'm not a cat person. Uh, but, you have two um, wonderful dogs. Yes. Yeah, but I'm, cats to like me. Cats, that like cats <laughs> to me. There's two kinds of cats: uh, cooking and stewing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nice stewing cats are pretty good though. It's a little, it's, a little it's tough in either situation. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, Chashu is local. Yeah, Chashu's here. Okay. Oh my God, Lucy, how much did you shed on me? Yeah, you, I noticed that. We got a roller. <laughs> I just noticed that. that. She shedded and was like, wow. like an atomic just, bomb. Didn't you, give, did, didn't you do? This did, is my favorite you? shirt, Lucy. <laughs> it's a Rolling Stone shirt. Yes. <laughs> Dave Three D guy throws in there. The dogs are pre-programmed to please you. Cats are not. You do not have. Uh, you have to do uh, all the work. Yeah, like we, we've yes. talked about this before. Like the the difference. Like cats seem smarter than dogs because. Dogs are like very dumb humans. Cats right. seem smart because they have these instincts that are so complex that they just they just hit the new program. They're like, okay, it's going to activate this program. I'm going to act like this. But they're actually magnificently dumb once they're outside. Once you once you break that programming, once you're outside of that programming. Whereas like dogs, right. like dogs are just like, well, I'm doing my best, and that's what makes right. dogs likable. <laughs> they're just like, hey, I can't read. I had what I do saw I saw a really good comic book or a comic strip that was hilarious and Do you have anything to it was say a, for yourself, it was a cat it was a cat in front of the the pearly gates and saint peter is like opening the gate to let the cat in and the cat's just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and it says why cats have nine lives <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. funny that's true that's true yeah, My, yeah. <laughs> monkey man says nothing so funny as a cat freaking out yes much nope. agreed yeah. nope. <laughs> like, Lucy do you have anything to say for yourself for shedding all over my favorite shirt no, no. I imagine that Lucy is that like bald on one side right now <laughs> yes <laughs> I remember your dad sent us a picture so, showed yeah. us a picture you did of your cats or your dog Hold sorry uh, and there was a lot of shedding that you had uh, in, in the picture that you drew do you remember that picture 
I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. a really, it was a really great uh, picture of hers. Yeah, have we, have we taken a moment to, uh, to uh, tell the audience what a great artist Olivia is? Then she's actually yes, done. yes. If you go to oliviashealy.com, you can see her work. Yeah, oliviashealy.com. Yeah, go check great. it out. It is. Uh, uh, she's that, and she's also on Instagram. You can follow her on Instagram, and she's even got an art station. Yes. Uh, nice. So. Nice. So she's doing all the right things to keep her, and very prolific, by the way. I think I see like five pictures a day from you. I mean, it's quite amazing. <laughs> that definitely puts us to shame. I draw a lot. Right on, well, that's good. That's good. That's, good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's no, you amazing. did good. Keep, keep drawing. There's times keep. where I literally make like eight drawings a day. Yep. Sometimes. And my, like, I made eight gifts for my friend um, in one day. And she's like, why are you giving me all these? And I was like, I really don't know. <laughs> just because I because I am bored and right. I really have nothing else to do. And okay. just accept that this is what's happening. Enjoy. Like, it. Accept you, that you, you are, have it. She's like, well, I'm not making you any. That's the problem. Oh, so there was a guilt. There was a guilt. You're yeah. giving me all of this stuff, but I don't have any. No, yeah, I don't. I was just like. I'm still doing it anyways. Yeah. I really don't care if I get anything in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of uh, artists that uh, that are misunderstood, we should talk about uh, Lydia yeah. and uh, uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> See that little segue? Nice. Look at that. Very well done. Very well done. It's a great segue. You go clean yourself off and come back, yeah. and we're going to segue right into it. Yeah. Keep going, guys. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to Martini Chat. All right, hold on. I'm going to see if I... You guys keep talking. Yeah, definitely don't forget, Dan, to send me those asks. Yes, no, I'll take care of it right off the show today, for sure. Because I think um, we got some good ones already. It's going to be fantastic. Like, just I for sent, the ones, yeah, the, Did you see the one? I think I did Chris on the steps. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, glorious. Glorious. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's listening, I, I always want to say, look at the gallery section of the Martini Giant site, and you will see all of the stuff that Eric puts together. Like, obviously, like Olivia doing eight drawings a day is a, a direct genetic consequence <laughs> of Eric doing an That's unbelievable so amount of art and uh, for Martini Giant and, uh, and and everything. Constantly oh, I did those old art. 70s ads. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh Be- yes, beautiful. Yes, yes. He basically did some like th- some ads uh, of us that looked like seventies cocktail ads so for good. like you know Jim Bean and uh, you know Gordon's uh, uh, <laughs> a gin and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, but uh, there's uh, yeah, they're fantastic. So I think those are on our Instagram. Am I right? Yes. Dan? Yep. Yep. So could check out our Instagram, Martini underscore Giant on Instagram. Yep. To do that. Why is it underscore, Dan? <laughs> the same reason it's underscore on Twitch too. So now we have two underscores. Yeah, I mean, underscore oh, is sorry. becoming. It's uh, underscore is going through. It's uh, going yeah, through the same thing as gift to gift. Like eventually, it's just got to be. Yeah, two shirts. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Olivia, Olivia runs upstairs, and she's like, "It turns out I have two Rolling Stones tour of the Americas 1975 Totish tour uh, shirts. <laughs> I have two of them. I was like." Nothing ever happened, guys. I did not. <laughs> I did not get shedded on. That was just your imagination. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, she oh, likes. Uh, I, I uh, Man, uh, hey, note, note for note for Olivia. Did you see what Monkey Man said? He said you should check out my daughter's Instagram, which is two. F- can you guys read that? I'll write it down. For L U L L A R T. Yeah, uh, I vouch I for this. See. 
Um, Monkey Man's daughter is an amazing artist, and she uh, cranks out some incredible stuff. Her Instagram Good, we'll is check it out. stunning, stunning. Repeat uh, that again. Uh, so some people want to get T4, it. T four. T four L U L L A R T. Her name is Tallulah. Her name is Tallulah. Yeah, yeah. She is. Maxi Malone. Yeah, she's uh, she's Tallulah Maxi Malone. That's right. I remember. Um, I saw this meme of a goose but with beetlejuice hair it says this is beetle goose i was like uh, that is good i was like this is the most brilliant thing i ever seen i'm saving this to my camera roll <laughs> making 78 copies of these guys just <laughs> that was pretty good that was pretty i was good. like pretty that's good. a pretty good joke <laughs> so how long when was it, how old were you when you first saw beetlejuice that was i watched it when Six? Yeah, I was probably six when I watched that right. the first Did you, time. Were you ever scared of it? Even no, at six? because um, I think I've seen Tim Burton movies and they're all creepy. Right. I like right. creepy. Right. Nightmare okay. before... That beautiful movie. What was it? The Nightmare for Christmas is that what I think. That beautiful... Yeah. I, did I watch Frank and Weenie? Yes. If I did, yeah, I don't remember it. I want to watch it again because I remember during class we were like, should we watch Nightmare Before Christmas or Frank and Weenie? And I said, let's yeah, watch Nightmare and then Before she Christmas. She went to the, Nancy took her to the Burton show, which is, oh, you know, was down the street. The yeah. Yeah. And so that's what totally made her. And then we just pulled out the Yeah, DVDs. I stayed there for hours apparently. Oh, you and, and me both. I, yeah, I, I went to that too. Yeah. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I said, I stayed there for hours watching it over and over. Mm. Apparently, yeah, yep. I yeah. have I was, no memory. I was startled by what a brilliant artist he was outside of film. He's he's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was really I have a story about Tim Burton. It's interesting. So my friend uh, uh, Christy, she was an art director on Big Fish, which is another uh, interesting yeah. uh, uh, Tim Burton film. Ian McGregor, Albert, and Justin they. Ryan. Yeah, and they were filming all of it in Alabama, I believe. So, uh, so the, all of the all the people they were in a small town in Alabama where they're filming stuff. So they all like rented houses or did whatever while they were there for I think like nine months doing this film. It was a long shoot, um, but it was around Halloween, and because they were working all these hours and everything, Tim Burton threw a Halloween party for the for the uh, for the cast and crew at his house in. Uh, in the town. Can you imagine oh, man. going to a Tim Burton Halloween party? That would be <laughs> yeah. so cool. That has so much yeah. Halloween to it that like other towns just all this Halloween gets sucked out of those towns and like all their uh, decorations disappeared <laughs> because yeah. there was such a focus of Halloween going on for Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that guy has defined that flavor for the past what twenty five years. Maybe. Yeah, yes. he did. Lucy, yeah. there's no one there. Yes, James. there's no one there. Yeah. He's doing the new there's Adams no family. Yeah, he's producing no. a show. Is right? he? Yeah. Don't do this to me. He's, uh, right now. which he makes me nervous, but it's fun. Yeah, Monkey Man said Big Fish uh, makes him cry. Yeah, for uh, sure. All the time. Yeah. That's a to good me, one. Big Fish was, I think it was a decent movie. Uh, actually, the VFX supervisor was uh, Kevin Mack on that, by the oh, way. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, no, yeah. That's a good picture. That's a really good picture. That's what, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little on and off with Tim Burton in terms of, like, his movies. Like, I mean, there's movies. Yes. Like, Recently, he's a little bit like, okay, how much more Johnny Depp can I get? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, right. Well, he's, like, and, he's become a machine for yes. making large scale Disney products. And, like, he has a right. brand that he constructs, and I totally get it. 
Um, but like those, those really, really personal ones, Big Fish being one of them, Ed Wood being my personal favorite. My favorite is Ed Wood. Yeah, Ed Wood yeah. is a, is, uh, is Dolores, don't get kooky with me. Oh, man. Uh, did you guys hear about Tim Burton making an Adam's Fairy? Uh, Adam's Fairy. Adam's Family, family yeah. I accidentally yeah. said fairy. Yeah, um, yeah no, uh, the TV, TV show. show, yeah. That's right. A TV show? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I bet that'll be good. Wait, didn't it start as a TV show? <laughs> well, yeah, it started as a comic, it, comic oh, book. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, comic book? Really? Yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't a comic book. Um, it was like a, it was like a Charles, strip, comic. Right? Charles, um... Something. Yeah, he was a New Yorker. New Yorker. So it, would be, it was a one-panel comic that appeared in right. a magazine re, yep. you know, repetitively. So Adam's Family was a TV show in the 50s or 60s? When, in the, when was it? And then, and then when 60s. was the, the, Mun- the Munsters was a different one, right? 60s. Yes. Yeah, the Munsters, I believe Munsters was a copy of the Addams Family, right? That's the, yep. yep. And so, like, I think the Munsters is pretty funny, but the Addams Family had class. Like, that was a pretty, that was a much, much funnier, swankier show. Like, the, the mm-hmm. and the jokes were, you know, just, you know, a little bit more. And cut. it also <laughs> had. What? What? <laughs> um, uh, Jackie Coogan. Jackie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, it did. Yes. Yes, we can say it's that. Who was the kid in the Charlie Chaplin film, The Kid. The Kid. Right. The Kid from The Kid. And there was another story. He was Macaulay Culkin before Macaulay Culkin. He had made something ridiculous, like 8 to $10 million in 1922 from The Kid. Which in today's dollars is And his is parents took it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. His Great. mother and her step, his stepfather took all the money. That's yeah. why there's Coogan's Law. Oh, I, th- I thought, yeah, it's like a, a Clint Eastwood movie where he gets revenge for in- the re- residuals for the kid. <laughs> Pretty sure. Any, um, any cougar and you know what? You know what? The, um, a guy I'm working with with this thing I'm trying to get off the ground. I was talking about Coogan probably about five months ago with him, and he's like, "Oh man, I know. I knew Jackie in this because he worked on um, this guy." He, um, Michael, he worked on like Taxi Driver, New York, New York, uh, um, Raging Bull, because he was um, Erwin Winkler's uh, work with Erwin Winkler. Oh, yeah. Uh, so right. for Scorsese movies, he also worked on Goodfellas. Yeah. And so he uh, knew Jackie and he's like, I used to go over his house, man, and just smoke pot and talk about Chaplin. I was like, what? <laughs> My That's a pretty good deal. And my head exploded. I was like, you never told me. They said, like, well, you, you never talked about Jackie Coogan. See, this is now, that gives you an idea, Eric, what it's like for us to hear your stories. Right. <laughs> just like. What and you just are, explained. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, it's same situation when you, when you give us yeah. a Lou Reed. I used to hang out with Eric Clapton at the lunch. Well, hold on a second. But here's the thing. I told you that story about this is the same guy, Mike. Michael, I really care about. He's a wonderful guy. Knows a ton about film. But he was the one that ran into De Niro, who was when he was driving a cab for Taxi Driver. Oh, right. Yeah. That's oh, right. right. And he had the 45 on the front seat. Man. Yikes. And, the thing and he is- literally was a cab driver for months to prep for the role. And, and did you know that 45 was Meryl Streep? <laughs> that's terrible oh so you guys saw that thing I sent you guys you guys right, saw that thing I sent you keep going keep going you guys no, saw that, was- that thing I sent you this week about um, the Abel Farrar movie Driller Killer oh, yeah. the, the, yep. the painting in the back yeah 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 yeah. yep that's right Remember I think you know what's funny is it's like I watched Taxi Driver 
it was at my friend. Like, so you remember, like I, I, I used to go to my friend's house and he had a VHS tape and we had a bunch of like ripped off movies somehow. They were all on tape. Right. And so uh, it might, might have been a Betamax. I mean, it was in the like like a while ago. Let's just put it that way. But we used to watch all kinds of movies, whatever. No one really knew like what's appropriate for us to watch or not. It's like, here's a movie, like whatever. They didn't know. So we just watched everything. But I think I remember watching Taxi Driver when I was probably about 13. Totally appropriate. <laughs> I mean, besides yeah. that, there's an actor in the movie that's around that age. Yeah, like, you're probably <laughs> that's kidding. right. You're like, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> See, I had yeah. an older brother and sister, but my older brother was very uh, Who tortured you. <laughs> well, he was corrupting. He was very corrupting. Yeah, he's yeah. like, let's watch Come and See. <laughs> yeah, 120 days of, uh, of Sodom. That's what you yeah. watch next. It was all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yep. that's fun. That's and fun. so uh, he uh, said, like, "It toughens you up." That's, that's right, <laughs> Uncle okay. Warren. You're talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she 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 loves Uncle Warren dearly, and uh, he's sounds a like a responsible character. man, <laughs> the unique guy. But uh, um, yeah, that's uh, those. I, I, but it was funny to see that that painting in the the, the Abel Ferrara movie Ferrara movie because it was like, like as Chris pointed out, it could have paid for twenty. <laughs> Films. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Good God. And it was just, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was totally like, you know, let's just, can we use your office to shoot? Yeah. Right. You know, and at that time, he had market value, but not like not what like it that. became. Yeah. But well, that was a I remember, I remember, I remember I was at, uh, at the, uh, I was in Houston, right? And uh, there was a, a friend of mine. She, she, uh, she lived in the apartment. We lived in a kind of an apartment complex that was a little bit like um, um, Milrose Place. It was like everyone kind of was young and we all kind of, lots of things going on. But anyway. <laughs> lots, uh, <laughs> lots of things going let's on. Just, let's just put it that way. With a big courtyard in the middle where we tended to hang out and, like I said, just like Milrose Place. Right. But one of my neighbors, she was wonderful, and she was marrying this English guy named, uh, um, and uh, she came from a very wealthy family in Houston, right? So the oil money, let's just put it that way, right? And so they were going to have, she was going to have a wedding, and she wanted a very simple wedding, and her mother said, no way, you know, you're going to have a proper wedding where she basically invited all of her business associates to show off her daughter's wedding. It was very showy in some ways, but... The wedding itself was at the uh, Museum of Fine Arts in Houston, which is a Mies van der Rohe building. Right? Wow. Like literally, that's where the wedding reception was, was at that location. And they close it off as an area where this is where we could have the, the, the wedding. And, and I'm sitting there, you know, in a, in a tuxedo, <laughs> sitting in a Mies van der Rohe chair. <laughs> and behind me, you know, uh, drinking a martini, by the way. And behind me, someone took a picture of it, is uh, uh, an Andy Warhol self-portrait <laughs> that's, like, oh right behind me. And I'm like, jeez, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. It was such an incredible experience. But uh, So I did thank her mother for having such a showy winning. It was very nice. Showy uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, Monkey Man also said that Big Fish is, uh, made him cry uh, quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, it did as, to me as well. The reason it did for me is that pretty much, uh, what's his name, uh, Albert Finney's <clears throat> character is pretty much my dad. Uh, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad uh, tells stories that may have slight exaggerations to them 
Um, yeah, <laughs> probably so. dad issues. Probably dad <laughs> issues. No, probably dad yes. issues. Yeah, yeah. So he does tell stories. Uh, and yeah, he does tell very exaggerated stories uh, about things that have happened. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was there. It wasn't exactly like that. He's a good storyteller. Print the legend. Well, he loves it. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. He wants to tell stories. That's yep. fine. Exactly. I'm sure you know. We feel the same way about uh, about uh, about Dan <laughs> and about Eric and his stories. <laughs> the true. problem with Eric's stories is that they're actually pretty true because he doesn't deviate from them as much as yeah, no, that's, my dad does. Eric has just has strangely blessed life in regards to meeting he does. like all of my heroes from a certain period of time. <laughs> but it was, it's just all random, I guess, it's because I'm there at that time. Um, like if yeah, you were to tell I, me you were in the background of Driller Killer, I'd be like, I, I believe it. No, but it's like those times because I used to work in the art gallery – you know, in the 80s, I worked in art galleries down in Soho and right. up on 72nd in Madison. And it's funny because you say this literally in the New York Times two weeks ago. My mother was talking about an article in the New York Times obituary, and I'll send it to you guys. I loved her dearly, Eleanor. And I actually worked with her in a gallery. Mm-hmm. And she, there was a big New York Times article on her because she passed away at 93. And... I was like, wow, she created the Earth Shoe. Yeah, I was going to say. And uh, in the early 70s. And it was What's a, the Earth Shoe? It was a big hip thing. It was like Crocs, but from the 70s. And <laughs> she basically created the Earth Shoe. And um, she was also, and I literally looked him up again. The guy that did the 7-Up ads, uh, Jeffrey, um, he also was in the James Bond movie. He was a dancer from Trinidad. And that was her good friend, and he used to come by the gallery. I'm trying to remember his name, but I'll look it up and send it. But he was, you remember this Uncola? Oh, yeah, seven, that guy, yeah. The Uncola, yeah, yeah the 7-Up stuff. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey, and he was tall um, from Trinidad, and he was an, he was a dancer. Uh, oh, you're talking about the guy who go crystal clean, clean and no caffeine. Theme. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah. he was a famous dancer with yeah. – um, Alvin Ailey, he worked with Bob Fosse, and he used to come by, and that was her best friend. And, um, but you know, there's the art gallery business, all these kind of people rolled through, like Streisand and the boss, and you know, just people. And, uh, but she was, you know, you just like, you work in art gallery, you all the, that's how I met Bob Rauschenberg, and like all those people just roll in, and you're like, oh, hey, and you talk to them. And, you know, our art setting, too, even though I was painting the walls white with a brush all the time hmm. and hanging the shows, um, it just it, it relaxes people and they can talk about the art. Right. Do you know what I mean? So you're just there and, you know, somebody's there talking about it and you know who he is as a famous actor. Or, and it's just it's not about, oh, I like your work. It's like, wow, look at that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, well, the, yeah, this, does that scene even really exist anymore? And is there no. is an art world like that? Is no. that like I think I, probably not. Yeah. I just remember the excitement. I used to. That's how like there's a guy named Matthew Barney, and he oh, was yeah. setting up a show, and I think it was his first show in New York, and I was going to get soup on Prince mm-hmm. and Mercer, and it was the afternoon, and I kind of dipped into this gallery because I'd go in and say hi to everybody when shows were being set up, and he was there setting it up. I'm like, dude, what? is this and he just walked me through his show i was like my head was ready to explode oh, sure and i called did. my wow. sister and a friend and i said you got and she was a big finance person down on wall street mm-hmm. nancy 
not my not my wife, but Nancy and my sister's good friend. And she came. She was like horrified. My sister was horrified <laughs> because yeah, you know he was crazy. naked on yeah. the ceiling yeah. with carabiners like yeah. crawling around. It's been I mean, but, things uh, been like I'm glad that uh, we're bringing up uh, uh, Barney simply because I always like to drop a good Cremaster joke. And I have know, all his books, the original books. Uh, the audience doesn't know that much about Cremaster. Yeah, the Cremaster cycle books I have back here. I have all the original ones. And I was, I literally, he walked oh, me I through the, the show. Sound. lost everyone's sound. Can you hear it now? You back? You back? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us? I can, I can hear you guys, yeah. Uh, but I remember that show. I mean, he literally walked me through. You can't hear. You can hear now. I can hear. It just pop back on. Okay. Yeah, I. He walked me through the whole show and was talking to me about it. It was like a, a a weight set made out of Vaseline in a refrigerated room. Vaseline. Yeah, and I was. Jason like, said that uh, Jeffrey Holder, uh, Matthew Barney, husband of Bjork. Yes, Matthew Barney was. He did. Yeah, they were. Yeah, he was married to Bjork for a long time. Yep. And but this was before. Now, you guys want to know an interesting story? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. I have, why don't it. you save it? Why don't no, no, no. You save quickly. It for a second. It's, no, it's about him. Gonna, okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's a, a he. You know him better than I do, Chris. But he was from Montana, and he worked at DD in the digital building. And he had a big mole here, and he looked like a Sam Shepard type. And okay. he's a CG lighter, an artist, and you were good friends with him. Oh, I yeah, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, no, Terry. Terry. No. The wh- white hair, mustache. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, no, he did uh, like he did uh, like architectural stuff. You knew him, Chris. And uh, okay. he grew up with Matthew Barney. They played on the same football oh, team wild. together in Idaho wild. or something like that. I, oh, blonde kid? No, tall, looked like a Sam Shepard type with dark hair. He had a big mole right here, but very okay. angular, skinny face, Giacometti like. And right. he, uh, he, a DD, but he, but yeah, he's from the Midwest. But okay. to see that show. And then, you know, I used to go to all the gallery shows at the fall nights, you know, and go to Jerry 101 to get, you know, dinner after the show with all the artists. It was great. Yeah. It was excitement because you'd go to every show and people would come to your show and you'd meet artists. And it was just, you know, well, 88, the, 89, yeah, 90, like there's a, there's I'm a- going to leave for a second. Yeah, but when I get back, can we talk, can we talk about Beetlejuice for a little No, we're not. No. Okay. Correction. <laughs> it's Beetlegoose. Beetlegoose. Beetle the Beetlegoose. Hey, yes. Beetle Come on. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent Michael Keaton, I got to tell you. The, uh, Come yeah. on. Like, Slamworms. <laughs> uh, hey, hey. Oh. There goes Elvis. <laughs> there goes Elvis. <laughs> that guy, he's a hero. Michael Keaton is, is a damn oh, hero. Yeah. I love he's that. He's so good. Um, the, uh, uh, what I was going to say, Eric, is like the, like, that art scene, um, like, I know that there's, I mean, there's sales going on. It's obviously like, you know, people are trying to make money and all this kind of stuff. But like the, the, my exposure to it always felt like, uh, it was actually about artists creating art as opposed to yeah. everything I know about the art world right now, which is about people trying to convince other people that things are valuable, uh, which is a different game. That's, that's advertising. Yes. You know? Now, you want it, guys, if everybody wants to get a glimpse into that world, 
go to, on Criterion, if anybody subscribes to Criterion, there's a William S. Burroughs film, and Jim Jarmusch does the voiceover, uh, the narration, mm-hmm. and talks about his experience as a film student at NYU, which I went to, uh, but he went, graduated uh, in 79, I'm back. But it's all Lower Manhattan in the Bowery in his place because he had an old YMCA right. and called The Bunker. And um, But that – get a glimpse of what it was like back there and Hannah and her sisters mm-hmm. because that was like 86, 87 and, you know, it wasn't like it back then. Right, right. It was just popped up galleries and it was, it was a lot of fun. Right. It was an exciting time and you could just dip into galleries, you know, like, you know, Leo Costelli would be there. You go in and, hey, what's going on? And I just – like Barbara Kruger were hanging a show. I would just walk in and people were setting up shows. And since I worked at this one place, Langanahara, I just would walk in and say hi to everybody. Yeah, yeah the movie that uh, Eric's referencing is Burroughs the Movie, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's great. And there's no. a Jim Jarmusch um, – Basically, he didn't direct it, but his buddy did, mm-hmm. and he helped his buddy with sound on it. So he narrates it. Um, if you, I think it's kind of not X-ray, but you can have it done. It's not part of the movie, mm-hmm. but you can play his voiceover. Oh, that's great. That's cool. And he talks like, oh, man, I remember this guy. Right. And he just talks really how – what a beautiful time it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a real it's – it's such a – uh, it's it's a scene that I just don't have access to anymore. You know, in terms of like nobody does. Yeah. But man, I, I, you know, it was like if you knew what you were looking for and you'd go down there and be like, wow. And I had a friend, and you know him. We went to his place in Yosemite four years ago. Remember oh, yeah, Rob? Yeah. And he went to high school with me. I went away to high school. Uh, but he was friends with Jean-Michel Basquiat because he was a model, mm-hmm. a male model. So he was into that scene. He knew Warhol and got to dinner with those guys. And, you know, when you're 17 and he's like, what? Yeah. You know, it was at prep school. I was like, my head was exploding. He's like, yeah. yeah, Jean-Michel and I, we had dinner with, you know, Warhol. It's just like, and you go to clubs and see him there. It was like, it was cool. Yeah. I got to say, early 80s. Yeah, it's wild. New York. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. When did uh, when did what's what was that famous club? CBGB's. No, 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 fifty four. Go fifty four. Yeah, that's right. I when remember that close. That close probably eighty four, eighty five. I remember I had a date in New York. It was young, and I took yeah. a girl on a date. I said, "Let's just go to fifty four. And I took her to fifty four, but it was we were out, and I said, "Let's just go there." And it was like a Sunday night in the summer, but it was gay night, mm-hmm. and. And she's like, gosh, like it's just old men there. I was like, yeah, I think we got the wrong night. But then all of a sudden, the curtain opens and Gloria Gaynor. Oh, wow. Wow. I Will Survive came down with oh wings, yeah. feathered wings in the That's middle of from, from the high up. Do, 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 I will survive. And the oh, lights went God. up and people are dancing. I was like, all right, we're staying, Julie. This is, yeah. let's dance. This, this, and we just stayed and danced. It was the most incredible thing. I will survive. And it was, she right. had wings like a, coming in the back, like Angels in America, Postroika, like out of the back. I, I like, knew that you must have gone to Club 54 at some point. It just We used to go, sense. my yeah. roommate in, sounds, okay, but my roommate, Catesby, at prep school, his father had a total connection. So we used to go to area and um, like they, we'd walk up and they would just pull the, the little the rope out and we'd walk ahead of the crowds. It was right. awesome. That's, That's where I also good. accosted Tom Brokaw. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. But it was, that was a great club. And Area was a club where every month it had a theme. 
and then it would close for a month and open for a different theme. Mm-hmm. So they'd have right. captivity or suburbia, and in the middle of the dance floor would be huge boxes, like massive size of a table high of cereal boxes. And then these women dressed like 50s housewives carrying around platters with cocktails. That's wild, dude. That's wild. Yeah. You know? Unbelievable scene. Ooh. Unbelievable scene. That was fun. Yeah. That I think, was fun. I think particularly they... on the backs of somebody with cash, it was great. Oh, sure. Of course. But this yeah, is Olivia's like, drawing. We were talking about you guys were talking about Adam's family, and nice. I remembered my favorite character from there. So I was like, I'm going to draw uh, that's her. That's great. I love it. Nice, nice work. Nice I was work. babbling. I'm sorry. Pop up. Pop up. Was babbling. Okay. Like, that was a gr- that was a great time in in the world. And if you also want to experience that, watch After Hours. Exactly. Uh-huh. I was going to bring this up because, like, and After Hours, I believe, is on Criterion right now. Um, there's, it is? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I can look it up. But the, like, there's a, I've been really into basically a swath of, like, late 70s, early 80s stuff that's available on Criterion because all of the, not only are the movies fascinating, but there's support material for these movies, which, okay. cap, which just shows the, the sort of the, the, the art life of that period. And yeah. it's just mind blowing. It's just incredible. I also really recommend. I want to uh, think. I've been watching a lot of. I've been. I watched the entire Criterion Collection for Video Drum, which is amazing. Yes. Uh, and uh, and listening to Cronenberg because there's uh, commentaries from Cronenberg and Debbie Harry and James Woods and like the all sorts of great stuff they did. And the other thing I want to pimp is the um, uh, they have an unbelievable collection of Marlon Riggs films. And uh, for you who don't know him, he's a uh, gay black documentarian from the 70s and 80s and, uh, and did he do Silver Lake Life? I, I, I want to say yes I'm like I know I tons of time right? and I know uh, like like uh, color adjustment and stuff like that and and if you want to uh, like really uh, get a, a brand a, a real appreciation for that history like those are the movies to see they're still mind blowing today I, I watched like five of them in one day really 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 incredible stuff so criterion is overcoming the fact that they are refusing to list the assassination of jesse james it's Uh, okay it's it's film school guys i'll deal with it there to criterion right there's lots of good stuff on there lots of good stuff all right so we're here to talk about a movie yes beetle goose beetle goose untitled beetle goose game uh, now, how does it actually spelled? Because I was like, Beetlejuice oh, is spelled yeah. Beetlejuice, but it's spelled very like Beetlegeisty. Like, like Geist, that's, the, that's, that's one of the he things. Spells that spells it that way. No. He spells it that way because obviously he can't say his own name. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we don't actually know why he can't say his name. But, but it's a classic bit, you know. It's like a, it's like a Candyman. You're like it's like there's some control that you have over a, a a demon if you were to say its name out loud like that. Yeah. Dan, you disappeared off camera. All you see is a door. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, is it? No. But yeah. they said his name, Beetle Guys. He said that um, he put that in his little paper thing that's like, um, say it three times and all that. And right. um, But his name is actually um, pro- spelled and pronounced Beetle Juice. Right. So. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm in the beginning, the I was, like, really confused, too. I was like, is it Beetle Geist? Oh, that's how he spells it. Okay, so Jason's like B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Which is a star. Yes. And by the way, Jason tried to 
get us on topic as well. Uh, we appreciate but, uh, that. It, uh, there was nothing. There was nothing stopping Eric talking about the seven. Sorry, yeah. hey man, nothing, nothing could stop. Nothing could stop you. I'm and that's sorry, okay. I, that, I won't talk anymore. No, Eric, no, Chris, no, Chris, no, no, don't be such a martyr. Oh my Chris, God. no, 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 I'm going to go. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Chris has fly fishing. Okay, I have don't worry, I'll take your spot. I have not mentioned fly fishing once. I have not mentioned fly fishing one time. Take the fly fishing slack, and then as long as I talk about Miami Vice by the end, then I think we're all set. I also do like the fact that that Monkey Man said that when you when you. Leaned back and always saw the door. He said, "That door is Meryl Streep." It is. It sh- this is uh, yeah. It says it's high time Eric took the reins. <laughs> it is high time. Thank you. That's right. They, uh, high time Eric took the reins. That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, That's right. it's true. It's true. A hundred percent. Took the reins. What do you mean? Because you, because you don't talk sometimes. Sometimes you're like, oh you know, yeah, no, I t- I talk. Okay. All right. <laughs> we talked about the sort of character, the actors. We did talk before. I think Dan even showed. Up. No, you did. Uh, that we did talk about how uh, the actors are very interesting. I think one of the interesting points that Eric brought up earlier is that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Alec Baldwin. Uh, Alec Baldwin basically looks very different. He's than he does today. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it's just like. I remember, like, I only saw um, Alec Baldwin when he was, like, in Beetlejuice skinny. So it's just, like, when I, um, I really only remember him when he's skinny. But, like, right. when I look at him now, I'm just like, oh, that's it's a different. different. That's very different. That's what happens um, to people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I've seen Beetlejuice so many times to the point where I was like, oh, I remember him only as that. But just, like. Right. Um, looking at him now, I'm just like. Unless you're Paul Rudd and you look exactly the same. Yeah, all no, the time. I mean, like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin today looks like you strapped four Alec Baldwins of Beetlejuice together and put an Alec Baldwin mask on them. Like, and I'm right. going to talk. Todd Johnson knows this. <laughs> yes. Like I used yes. to be about this thin, so I, I, <laughs> really? I yes, I was a, I was an absolute stick, absolute stick. Until I was so was I. I was 165 pounds. Yep. I was like, knocked. I was at my height in college at my height, which I'm uh, about six, three, mm-hmm. I was 130 pounds and I had uh 5% body fat, but I was a long distance runner and I ran about a hundred miles a week. So right. that was a different, different time, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, I am now the heaviest I've ever been. So, <laughs> well, the thing is, there are many similar things between uh, me and Chris. We had the same birthday. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, same birthday. Yeah. Uh, well, not four days apart. Yeah, four days apart. Yeah, exactly. And really we're the same strange. height. Um, yep. But a bit for the pod person connection between the two of us is that even though Chris is saying that he is so much fatter than he used to be, like Chris right. is still a basically a broom with a doorknob on top, and I am <laughs> not that. <laughs> I'm the opposite of this. I am an yeah. apple on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> That is yeah. the truth. Uh, and also, uh, you are much more gifted in the follicle department than I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the traits. It's a, like if you're making a video game, you slide one, one, one way, you slide the other, and this yeah, is what you get. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Uh, yeah. And, I, you know, I like that, you know, Dad, this time <laughs> the lollipop The lollipop yeah, yeah, it's like – Thanks, Dad, Jason. Dad, there's times where you're saying, oh, I'm losing my hair. I'm just like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. 
she, she and her our, her mother deal with me on a daily basis. So You're your hair is very stylish, Eric. Like doesn't even. Matter. I gave stylish. up on my hair, and I'm okay with it. It was it was a nice departure. <laughs> like I only wear the hat because it's cold, but I'm okay. Like it, you know, here we go. There you go. I see him. I'm pretty, I've got a like, good no, that's, general this is the thing, man. It's like, shape of a head, and that's fine. You lose yeah, your hair, you do that. looks good. Like It's only yeah. when you fight it that it looks weird. That's it. <laughs> there was a really great uh, 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 comedy, uh, like one of those college, uh, <laughs> college humor videos or whatever, mm-hmm. where the guy says, the solution to using your hair is, well, it's a two-step process. One is, well, shave your head and grow a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I look like a bouncer. I I gave you hair. This week I gave you hair in the ad. Yes, I saw that. That's right. And it was quite funny. funny. (laughs) All right. So we've all seen – the thing right about Beetlejuice is we've all seen it so many times that it's just part of our DNA. It's not like we have to dissect it so much. It's just a story that's so ever-present about it that I think is really interesting. In our blood. It's in your blood. Right. And it's also a very interesting way of bringing up ghosts uh, that I think that, you know, it's much better than uh, than bringing up than other movies like The Others. Sure. (laughs) Although this is kind of The Others. It is it's kind of the others, the others, right? Right. It's the same plot. It's the same plot. It's like the same plot. Others that's minus why I the shotgun. A... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's and and actually, a better overall, like more entertaining and less, you know. It's I, like a humor. I don't like the others. I like the you, others, but it's a, it's a it's a grim, slow picture. Like that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. And then Beetlejuice. The others was fun. during the period of uh, of uh, of uh, 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 what's the the other one. That came out, the M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie. Uh, Six Sense. Six Sense, yeah. Six Sense, like, it's like, oh, okay. They're dead the whole time. It's like, yeah, I already figured it out in Six Sense, and it was very obvious in the others as well. So, one, the problem with those is it's a one line thing right. that if you don't figure it out, you're like, oh my gosh. But if you do figure it out, the whole movie's ruined. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> just, the, I mean? there's not much of a movie there past the gag. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think it's a one line. You know what's interesting? You talk movie. about yeah. the Shyamalama. The Shyamalan yeah. movie. When I saw Signs, I and we were talking a little, touched on that with um, Invasion. I actually thought when at the end the cop knocks on the door, I thought it was all in their mind the whole movie. Oh right, right. Which one? In no, Signs, where everybody was inviting and they were holed up in their home, I thought the whole everybody in the family went insane. Right. Interesting. Right, and it was like, "What's the matter with you?" Kind of approach mm. at the end. The, the first, the first half of Signs is great. That's a that's a really really effective movie. That guy's mm. a, like he he has actual talent. Like, like yeah, I think that guy's very skilled. It's just that he has, he, he has actual ego too, which he, I think obviously that's what got in his way, right? I mean, like I, I haven't yeah. seen his last few films because well, because yeah. he he called himself the next Hitchcock. Yeah, be careful of that, bud. <laughs> you know, even, <laughs> even Hitchcock get away with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, like that's the, yeah. And the thing is, humility I mean, could actually do people some good. Yeah, you know? it's like take a breath and reassess that statement before you let it out of your mouth. But it's like the uh, you know because you can see like in his movie. Um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, the happening, right? With uh, Marky Mark, like they like. There's plenty of skill that's going into that movie, and it's making a bad movie. Like it's really like he was so like he was. He just believed that he was um, that he could. He just captured magic somehow. When actually, it takes work, and you have to think through that stuff. You know, and science kind of deflates itself halfway through in a way that you just go like, 
what happened to the movie that I was watching? Like, I was really scared. <laughs> and then suddenly, like, I'm watching this dude with a baseball bat and a badly comped alien and all this cornball stuff that I'm like, I don't know yeah. what happened to that guy. Yeah. yeah. He, maybe he's come back. I haven't seen his last couple of pictures. Yeah, maybe he's got his act back together. I heard, what was it, uh, the, 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 the one, the guy in the basement? What's that one? The guy in the basement. Oh. Uh, the village? Yeah, I heard that one was really good. No, no, no. The guy, it's like a guy who keeps people hostage in his basement. Oh, oh, nice. Come on, you guys will know. It's a, a, a more recent uh, Glass. Glass? Oh, glass? yeah, yeah, yeah. That... right, Glass. Yeah. Right. Is that what it's called? Yep, that's the sequel to I... Unbreakable. And uh, yeah. you're, thinking, you're thinking of, um, of uh, sh- uh, Splinter, Shattered. Splint? No. No, but that one. That's the one you're thinking of, which is also a sequel to Unbreakable. It's a trilogy. Oh, uh, well, one of you guys on on the on the on yeah, the chat's gonna look it up for us and tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, split. I heard. I'm getting a drink. Split. Split. Uh, split. Yes, split. it's multiple personality. Thank right. you. Right. Yes, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Split. And a lot of people glass love this. glasses. Wasn't it, wasn't it like like him trying to create? There is a version where he's trying to create the 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 multi like like a, like a Marvel universe of all of his characters. Right. Like literally, that's what he's like the the Sixth Sense guy and all that stuff. Like the come on. Yeah, I mean, really? like the thing is, a franchise think, of M Night Shyamalan, <laughs> yeah, of, of him, of himself. Yeah, it's just like of himself. Like, there, there, there's so, there's something to it. Like, you know, like I can imagine that stuff working. You know, like they, like he's coming from the right place. Um, right. But like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I just I got scared. Well, like but the last movie I, I really watched all the way through from him was the um, uh, the live action version of uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. And I was like, oh, I'm currently terrible. watching Avatar. The show. Um, yeah. The show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The it's show. Good. Show's I'm good. not I'm, I'm not going to even press the movie. I'm not. I'm sorry. Right. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the movie is it gets everything that Avatar gets right in the show gets wrong in the film. It's yeah. it's amazing. You couldn't have designed it to be worse. I'm right. just yeah. like, I I'm not going to even press it. Not. Yeah. Even look at it. Hey, man, so, I, I think right. I certainly think I there's you. probably better things for you to be doing than that. Like I don't know. Sleeping, yeah, maybe. my friend. <laughs> oh, my best friend. She. Uh, so you guys know the show Naruto? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. okay, Brady watches it all the time. Yeah. She watched the entire nine seasons in three weeks. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. How did well, you have I'll the patience? You, and she's watching I, like the movies and there's like I will tell you 17 more watch, shows she's watching. I was like, we go, how we are go you? Through, <laughs> we go through, we, I tell you what we do, uh, 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 Olivia. We watch, we go through all 12 seasons of Frasier every three weeks in this household. That's, that's, that's amazing. insane. Uh, but Brady has been watching uh, uh, Naruto and I've been watching a little bit over him. And so... He and I have been imitating the voice of uh, Guy Sensei. Oh my God. And we're like, huh, my name is Guy Sensei. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a great day. I'm going to train you to be the best ninja around. This is going to be my brother's favorite part I'll of the tell podcast. You what, Kakashi? Here we go. My, my brother. Like, he sounds like a 1950s character. Like, his voice is so funny the way he talks. Like, yeah. Kakashi. I love the way he says it. Kakashi. Kashi. My brother is the biggest Naruto fan you will ever meet, and he is older than I am uh, by, I think, eight years. Also, yeah, it's just like fanatic, fanatic about it. 
there's times where it's just like a lot of seasons for me it's just really difficult for me to watch all of them because i'm currently watching vampire diaries and it's taken me about a year to get to season two. Oh sure <laughs> right right yeah i'm just like yeah. i can't there's so many. I'm just done. There's so I can't. much content, this right? You have to really yeah. prioritize how much content. And it also about. seems like the same thing is happening again. Like, Catherine is coming back. And it's like, oh, wow. That happened, like, the last two episodes. Well, that's the thing, itself, right? right? There, yeah. I mean, and th- what's interesting is there's so much content out there to watch, right? Like, like Beetlejuice. I'm just going to put it in there every now and then. Maybe we can. It's we sort can of like we're talking about it. They also made a musical about um, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Oh, the music. Did. Yes, they yeah. did make a musical. I, I listened that. to those songs, and they're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. went more into Lydia's dead mom in the musical too, which uh, was interesting because oh, interesting she has it's like everybody forgets that her mom is dead and she has a stepmom. Right. Oh, so, and that's why she wants to die. It's because yeah, because it's like mom. her mom. I like just it's mom, just but... like they got more into that. Right, and I got, I was like. Wow, I didn't really realize how much, like, that's why she wanted to die, because it's like she wanted to be with her mother. Yeah, it's not just, it's not that she's like a dark, it's not that she's just a dark teenager, dark dark teenager who's into goth stuff, who wants to, like, it actually is because she misses her mom. Right. Yeah, and I thought it was because of her stepmom, because her stepmom is is a pain, it's a big pain. Right. I remember that one scene with her mom, her stepmom. It was just like Charles. If you don't let me do this, I will, I will go insane. I will take you down with me. <laughs> right. I was just like that shows how much of a pain she is. Right. I thought it was because of that that she was stressed out. I was like, but it was no because she was wa- wanted to be with her mom. I was like, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. But yeah. at the same absolutely time, absolutely does. You're, at you're the right. Same time, you should never do that. I didn't know. There I'm wondering about if you look at if you look at back at if you look back at, at a lot of uh, uh, of, uh, of uh, his movies, um, you'll uh, there's a lot of like someone who died or there's a loss, yeah. right? Frank yeah. and and there's a loss Thank that you. you're you're going back and you're listening to that process. And for for Lydia, she misses her mom and she, that's why she wants to die. So. The concept of death in his in his movies are always about like missing someone mm-hmm. or about you know oh or being on the other side of something even Nightmare Before Christmas if you think about that yes or, I or, also or or even in Edward Scissorhand where he's like he misses Vincent Price you know yeah, that's or in Edward he, he misses um, uh, Lugosi like right it's the same it's the same thing I also have to say something Eddie Eddie it's so cold no it's so good <laughs> also um, apparently one person. I, Oh, whoops, the uh, headphone thing came off. Um, but uh, someone told me that um, Frank and Weenie, uh, The Corpse Bride, and Nightmare Before Christmas are all connected for so- somehow. Because, like, right. Frank and Weenie starts, it was about his dog. Mm-hmm. And right. then it's the same person, the same guy as a kid, but older in The Corpse Bride. Yeah. Right. And then him right. dead in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like, that's a. Like pretty cool, like <laughs> connection there. Yeah, I was like, exactly. I was like, yeah, they had. Um, I don't remember if they had different names. Wait, wait, was his name Jack and the Corpse Bride? I can't wait. remember. I didn't see that. I can't while, remember. But, yeah. but it, thematically, it's certainly directly connected. It's all. Yeah. It's all basically the same thing. I think- Did any of you guys see Dumbo? No. Oh my god, that movie. the live action one. Yeah. The quote unquote live action one. No. Um. Uh, was it any good? 
It was okay. I mean, I, I was expecting worse, or but, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I, Michael Keaton's in it, Alan Alda's in it. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. The, the, the really? famous again, yeah. Danny DeVito. And I, I just got to say, it was fun at the part where Dumbo is at, um, with his mom in, uh, where was it? In this, like, it was in the wild. Uh, I forgot what the place, where it was. Indonesia. Yeah. But it's just like I thought that was a good ending in showing that um, all animals, eat, that yeah. carnival animals, should never be in, in the carnivals, carnivals. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that they should be in the wild where they should be, their home. Right. I thought that, right. was, and in the carnival, actually, um, they're like they show the flying elephant, but it's actually a guy in the elephant costume mm. out of a cannon. And I was like, that's cool. Right. Right. It's a, it was it was okay, but I mean, I like the the animated version. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean to catch up on all these movies, you know, like there's a bunch that I've missed by this point. I think this goes back to there's too much content. Yeah, Yeah. there is too much content. You know, it's interesting. I was bringing back to Disney, like we actually subscribe to Disney and I I probably should cancel it because we haven't watched it in several months. I think people have any content, you know, like you like you. Well, it's all the same. Right. So like you, you like there's a lot of content on the Disney streaming network, but it's all Disney stuff. So you're getting basically the same crap i don't want to say crap but it's like you know you're not getting a big variety of stuff and you're not getting anything that's far-reaching or edgy yeah (laughs) disney doesn't go with edgy (laughs) it's just like also the what disney has been doing with making their old their animated movies into live actions i've been pretty disappointed with all of them to say that they're the exact same version the exact exact same movie but just Detailed and but yeah, but Lion boring. King just did not make me happy. I'm <laughs> right. just gonna say that. Like I don't know where, I don't know. how do you even the music, ahead, and, the music in Lion King. It was like it's yes, yeah, the same exact music, right. but it's just like it was like it was different because in the animated version, it was just like that was original. Would I say? And it's like with Beyonce singing it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Beyonce is bad or anything. It's just like I don't know. What is Dan? You were gonna say. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know how you even pitch remaking The Lion King yeah, the, like, right? in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like you have this uh, this uh, this super entertaining, really charming musical. And you're like, okay, so let's make it super realistic and less emotive. And, like, we won't be able to see the characters' emotions on their face because they have to be. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's like Invasion of the Body It's the pod person <laughs> version of the movie. And that's what they seem to be special. Okay, so this now. goes to where does that go now? Because they're essentially rebuilding old entities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we first, okay. So why why did it start? Right, because they did live action versions of other movies. They did Maleficent. Right. They did this. Yeah. They, they did a bunch of other things that are basically like you know Snow White. But all those things like oh okay so we're going to be a little more edgy now when they did those especially things like Maleficent or Snow White or the, the Huntsman. Right. Those movies are going to be like they they took it to another level which was you know a little bit more mature or whatever. But right. then like. We're just going to do live action. It's like, well, how about The Lion King? Well, how the hell are we going to do The Lion King? Because it's all animals. We'll do it all CG. All CG. But we'll call it live action. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? It's still a cartoon. And so it's like, yeah, but then like, but then they make the same freaking movie. Right. They did it shot for shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, and which is really, okay. And, and I know a lot of the guys who worked on that, well, right? So a lot of the, 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 the guys who nice. did the virtual, pro- yeah. the virtual production right. stuff is, is really fantastic. And actually speaking, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say about it. There's a lot of cool stuff that's going on in virtual production that was done 
for the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is really cool, and that is going to continue to develop. However, it was misused by the produ- production because it, that movie was ridiculously expensive to make. Yeah, well, it's I mean, like two point two million dollars per minute. That's wild. Is what well, it cost to make wild. that movie? Oh my god! Can you imagine? Really? Wait, two point two million dollars per minute of animation to make the Lion King. So Are that you- is an insane amount of money, and it's actually not about the virtual production because a lot of people say, "Oh, it's virtual production that costs." No, virtual production was actually really smart. It was just the fact that the way that they tried to shoehorn in virtual production and then basically never really took advantage of the efficiencies that they had in it, that's what failed. And also, talking mammals with fur is expensive. Yeah. No (laughs) doubt. You know what I mean? But the problem is they made enough money on it that they got their money back, you know? And here we are still talking about it, so it's a great marketing piece. Well, that's all all it is. I mean, like, it's an advertisement for itself that you watch – I mean, like, there's no that the, they the, like. It sounds so old man, cor- like crotchety of me, but I'm just like, right. they didn't make a movie. Like, a movie didn't happen. No, you know, and like, the, like they spent all this money and all this time and all this incredible work from great artists to put together this totally inert, you know, sort of like, you know, and when it yeah, fake and when it thing, becomes about the technology as opposed to the story, it's frustrating yeah. too. Like, you might as well put you know, a diorama. And it, 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 you know, it's, it doesn't make it, it's like it's not alive. It does, it's not working. The, the, here's another thing. I'm just going to rant on this a little bit. So I'm going to pull a little bit. You know, Eric got to talk about, you know, Club 54. I'm going to talk about virtual production for a second. <laughs> so <laughs> the problem what's actually happened is right now is like it's actually getting really, really bad where people are thinking about virtual production and they're just like, well, it's the solution I have. I'm going to do something. And they're looking at the Mandalorian as an example right yes. now as the thing that you need to do. Right. And the, Okay, let's look at the Mandalorian. Just same watch director, the show. The the Ma- same director, I know. Mm-hmm. Just look at the Mandalorian and go, is this a good show? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, fun show. Pretty good show. Pretty good show. Yeah. It's not bad. I know you worked on it, uh, Dan. I did. And so it's a pretty good show. It's not groundbreaking, but the only thing people are talking about is the LED wall <coughs> stuff that they did for that stuff, right? right. So the virtual production <coughs> part of it, which is a unique part of the virtual production, is the fact that it, what Epic Games is calling in, in-camera visual effects. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing, and I did on my other podcast, my CG Garage podcast, a bunch of people is like, are really frustrated because everyone's saying, oh, we can't shoot this because of the pandemic. So let's just Mandalorian it. <laughs> this is literally what people are saying because they have That's no great. idea what the technology is. And it's like, well, we'll just have all the background done and some other things. So we'll have some kind of control. So we'll just Mandalorian it. And it's right. like, do you have any idea what that even means? Yeah, right. And it's like, nope. And I'm, no, they don't. And, and, and also it's really expensive. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> really expensive. So it, you I have to have a you, good like, plan. I worked on that. I mean, like, I think the technology is amazing. It's great. You know, but it's like. It is and it isn't. It, I mean, it, like, you introduce it, other problems, right, right? Exactly. I mean, and it doesn't come out of the camera clean. Like, my job was to fix it. Like, right. Okay. <laughs> like, here's the thing, right? It. So, normally, the way you would shoot things in a very high, high, heavy CG sh- uh, show is you would basically shoot it and you'd have a green screen behind the person and you'd comp in all the rest of the background, right? Yes. Normally, right? Right. And so in this show, they're like, ah, we won't have to do that because it'll all be in this LED wall and it'll all be live and we'll just get it all in camera. Well, that's great. 
You still have to except it's very for, much fix it in except, post. Ex, except, except if the LED walls are visible in focus and you can see all the dots from the LEDs. Right. And then you have a problem, yeah. <laughs> right? Or you can't get certain things or the, 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 the. How about the, the material the, that has to go on the screen? The yeah. real time stuff is not there. It's right. like, oh, okay. But we really like the fact that we get all the lighting from the LED walls. Mm -hmm. So we need to keep that. So now what they're doing and think about, think about the logic of this. Now what they're doing is they are projecting a green, a virtual green screen behind the actors. Yeah. Based on the frustrum of the camera. Yep. And then everything else is the environment. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking what should have been a green screen, making an LED wall and taking it back to a green screen with an LED. It's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, it's hey, let's make a green screen out of a television set. That's an expensive green screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty expensive green screen. You can, Sorry. You can go to Home Sorry. Depot and do a little better. But like the thing is, man, yeah. I think that like there are advantages and there are positive effects of it. I think that it's not, I think it's a good thing to start doing in in certain respects, but it right. is not a magic tool. You know, it's not like a magic no, trick. No. You know, it's still work. It you know, and it all like you just have to learn to do things in a slightly different way. Like the one of the one of the good things about it in terms of filmmaking, right, is that it does put more pressure on uh the director and the producers to make decisions that stick early on. Like yeah, you right. know, which 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 means that you're gonna have oh, to Oh no 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 yeah, they, they, yeah and on top of that if it is real time mm -hmm. then you can Adjust them in real time, and they can right. be part of the decision-making yeah. process. Like there's, there's extremely useful. Like there, there, it I, gets I, rid of the fix it in post mentality. Exactly. Yeah, you right. don't fix it in post; you fix exactly. it right now. Right. You know? And so, 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 like, but it, but like, for them to sell sell it as if it's like cheap and uncomplicated, it's not. It's a, it's extremely difficult. It's, or they're also you know, it's like, a oh, it's the solution to the pandemic. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, like, oh, come on. I think right. you okay. hold on, on Olivia. Head, Olivia, I want to ask is. you. Uh, it is the, the solution for the pandemic. That's a lot, that, and that's that they because they don't know what they it don't is. Know. And, it's the same yeah. thing. With I'm not going to get into ago. the detail. I've had a lot of conversations around this, and it's really interesting. It's all your Olivia, fault. I do. Though. We know that. I, I do, yeah, it is all my fault. Nope. Olivia, I do want to know uh, something uh, from you specifically because of we're talking about all these high end visual effects and the fact that. Uh, Beetlejuice had all this stop motion, right? And the stop motion is looks very, it, it's you know, it's obviously stop motion, right. and it yeah. looks in you know. Does that bother you that it's obvious stop motion or no. that kind of stuff? Do you like it because it it has a flavor to it? It's not like it takes you out of the movie, right? Like, I think it adds a nice touch. Would I say because stop motion? Like, Tim Burton's stop motion is beautiful. Mm -hmm. it, like, the art and the characters. Like, well, I would really count the chairs and the sculptures as um, characters, but they turned into creatures, would I say. Right. And right. it added more, like, a creepy, uh, dark touch to it by how it's kind of, like, choppy, would I say? Mm -hmm. Like, right. you can tell it's stop motion, but it's, like, it adds a nice touch to it. Right. And... This movie is about de the dead and it's creepy. And it's just like showing all the, um, the, the snake, for example. Uh, Beetlejuice has a snake. Uh, it, at, it showed a. Oh, as like, he, when he, in the banister, when he, the banister of the. That was uh, a good one. Yeah, when he that was, was like, that snake. And that yeah. was cool. Like. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. sort of a, is there, would you agree with me on this where it's like there's sort of a connection between like, uh, like people used to argue that anime or anime was like lower quality animation because it was less per frames per second than Disney, 
Yeah. And, and the thing is that I think for me, I think it's a that's a silly point of view. You know, I think that there's a, there's a quality to low frame rates that is its own flavor and style. And when Olivia, you're talking about the way that the stop motion animation looks uh, for Beetlejuice, like it reminds me of the same thing where you just like, it's not important for it to be realistic. It's important for it to be cool, you know? And, uh, and Tim Burton is about making this particular vibe, the creepy vibe that you're, uh, that you're saying. And if that were, perfectly if it was the same basic animation but at 24 frames per second super smooth cg that was very realistic uh like the way you're describing it to me is like that would be less creepy that would take the creepy out does that sound right yeah but i also have to say um uh Wait, I just forgot what I was going to say. <gasps> oh, sorry. Stop, stop. I, I do this. No, no, no. It happens to us all the time. Not just to me, though, but there's mic. a quick point. Can I point something out? <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. So the, the thing is, um, I feel like there's images, images, images all over the place. And we talked earlier about there's so much content out there. I think as we – I had sent an article to both of you guys earlier about Peter Bart saying, you know, it's back to the 70s again, which would be great. I feel like this kind of individual vision, Tati, Tim Burton, I think there's going to be opportunities where it's not this corporate stuff, where these great artists are going to merge. It's the only way to stand out. It's the only way to stand out. Because it's, and I actually feel like figurative painting is actually going to come back because you can take a photo of anything and make it look beautiful with your iPhone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right. to really make that thing to stand out is going to be the uniqueness. <laughs> And the work involved to make that uniqueness right. is behind it's, it. It's like, you, you hate them, right? You hate who? Yeah. The sandworms. <laughs> sandworms. <laughs> Come on. You hate them. I hate them. You're talking oh, about the no, sandworms? Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on. Yeah, Monkey Man. Oh, they're, they're, oh, well, Jason and Monkey Man are talking about it. It's like, okay, do you want – which sandworms does Monkey Man hate? Uh, are you talking about myself. the sandworms from <laughs> Dune or from the original like- Dune? Okay. He's quoting yes. Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice going, Sandworms, come on. Exactly. Oh, hey, mono yeah. and mono. Come on. <laughs> hey, you shop at the same store. Hey. Hey. That happens. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Michael Keaton. You have yeah. to kind of bronzed. Deal here. I love him so much. <laughs> oh Michael God. Keaton. It's like Sandworms. He sandworms. Hate him. I hate him myself. <laughs> I hate him myself. I would say that that is second only to your walking. That is a perfect Keaton. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I don't get how you can do that. Come on. Can you can you do Keaton? Can you do Keaton uh, as Batman? <laughs> That's right. I'm Batman. No, I got to look it up. I got to remember that. I yeah, no, it's it's in the ballpark though. It's in the ballpark. Yeah, no, Keaton is uh, Keaton is tip top. I love From that. Pittsburgh. Like Keaton has reached the stage of his career, I'm so happy. I was just watching uh, the uh, uh, the trial of Chicago Seven. There, Aaron Sorkin playing on Netflix. And yeah, how is it good? It? It's pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. It's very it's stagey, but it's but it's good. Uh, okay. But the best part about it is that Michael Keaton shows up for about eight minutes, and he's so good. Oh yeah. He just steps in and like points at the up in the stands, knocks the ball out of the park, and leaves. And I love. Does he the, say two twenty, two twenty one, whatever it takes? Whatever it takes. <laughs> you want to know something really so interesting about that? Do, do, I used to live on uh, one ninety six West Tenth Street, New York, and I overlooked Christopher Street and Seventh Avenue. Right by um, below me was the bar. Uh, to the left was uh, Stonewall. Oh, yeah. But there Stonewall. was a, there was a little cafe yeah. I used to go to. 
I don't think it's there anymore. But I used to go to a cafe and just kind of read an art book and like Lou would be there and people and uh, William Kunstler would always show up and he always had a table across from me. He was the lawyer for those guys, the Chicago 7. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. He had the crazy hair, William Kunstler. Like he was yep. there all the time and I would always would see William Kunstler. Yep. And um, he was actually the attorney, mm-hmm. the guy, because he lived there in Sheridan Square. Right, right. Hey, Olivia, have you seen Michael Keaton as uh, Batman? Yes, I have, but that was a while ago. I need right. to see that movie again. <laughs> yeah, it's different. interesting because Jason brought up is like he like when he goes, "You want to go nuts? Let's go nuts." Let's go. That's nuts. actually that's that's like Bruce Wayne as Beetlejuice, and it's yeah. true. There is a lot of similarities between that. It's really funny. Um, it's basically um. Also, Mr. Mom is worth checking out. Oh again. God, I love Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, Monkey Man Mr. brought this Mom. up as well. Monkey Man, Monkey Man, you're right on point. Mr. Yeah. Mom is is is. Did, did he already say it? Did I beat to him be. to it? He he, would, he, he just beat me to it. He beat yeah. you to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also the other one, uh, Night Court, Night Shift, Night, Night Shift, Night, Night Shift. Shift, Henry Winkler, yes, Ron Henry Howard. Winkler, and and Shelley Long. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, who, uh, uh, it's probably inappropriate these days. Absolutely hysterical movie. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah, big fan of these pictures. Like this, like like Michael Keaton was so on fire, and he was like he was like the he was like the uh, the uh, uh, what is it like the indie version of Tom Hanks. Like, no, they they also sorry they were also ahead. like he's like the Bill Murray. Yeah. Like there was this kind of irreverence Bill Murray quality to him. Uh, like but I, ghost, nev- I never I never around. Kind of- yeah, and it was around the time of Ghostbusters where he did Night Shift, but I always thought he was more than that because he was genius. I mean, yeah. he was really and he was out of the game for a long time after Batman. He just sort of he just dipped out and like he didn't come back until out of sight. Uh, like he would he do uh, uh, out of like, sight, out of sight, out of sight. That's yeah, a Clooney movie. It's a Clooney movie with a Soderbergh. Are we talking about the same way, man? Oh, no, yeah, that's right. He is in there. I was, you know, why? He plays I mean, a gum chewing guy with you know Dennis what's Farina. Funny? That's amazing. You're totally right. The reason why I didn't remember he was in it because he plays the same character in Jackie Brown. And so I yes. was thinking, like, I was about to say, no, he's in Jackie Brown at that time. And I was like, oh, he's in both playing the same dude. <laughs> I totally forgot. Right. That. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, I completely forgot. Chewing that. the gum like a total moron oh, with JLo. Absolutely. I did not like Birdman. I like Birdman. Deal- oh, I like Birdman. I couldn't deal with Birdman. I liked, I liked a lot. I understand people not taking it. I mean, Johnny Dangerously, right. yes. Johnny Dangerously, thank you, yes, Jason. Good call. Johnny Dangerously. I was actually really, really, really upset because I couldn't find Johnny Dangerously anywhere on streaming, and I really wanted to watch Johnny Dangerously. And my uh, my wife finally just bought it for me on DVD. Oh, it's or on great. Blu-ray. Yeah, Griffin oh. Dunn, Peter uh, uh, Griffin Dunn. Uh, what's his name uh, from Young Frankenstein? Young Back Frankenstein. Uh, oh, uh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Uh, Peter Boyle. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then what's his name? Uh, gosh. Who was on SNL? I like guns. They can shoot through school. Oh, Joe Piscopo. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Like, that's- and Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yes. I love thinking that like Danny DeVito has been famous for one reason or another since you realize I was your last Olivia's name is an age. adverb. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like I would love to be Danny DeVito, who is now again like a, a major star via like uh, Twitch and video game folks who love video uh, who love Danny DeVito, uh, and I'm like. Danny DeVito has had easily the weirdest life of any actor of ever. Like, yeah, yeah. it's really stunning. And not only that, he's a great producer. 
Like he's produced a number of my favorite. Sunny movies. in Philadelphia. Always sunny in Philadelphia. And he produced yes. um, um, uh, uh, L.A. Confidential. You That's know, right. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's in it. Yeah, he's unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And it's amazing that he's hung around so long. I mean, it's, uh, it's I listened to a podcast. With, nest? One, yeah, I, I listened to a podcast with him, and it was absolutely wonderful yeah. because he was just talking about life in New Jersey, and you know, he's just a regular guy. Danny DeVito is such a great. Yep. Whoa, the I didn't know that. DeVito Pope, produced yeah, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. That's right. That's <laughs> Holy right. crap. Yeah. Jersey Films. Hero. Total right? Hero. Absolutely fantastic guy. And uh, I ran into him at the airport at LAX. Um, I, and, you know, you can't miss Danny DeVito. Well, you can't. He's very short. No. But that was one of the reasons. But but yeah, I did see him and I was like, I was kind of, you know, getting ready to go to the, to the gate and whatever. And I see him surrounded by three very tall people and he was walking towards me and I kind of looked at him and I was like, I was starstruck. He could see, he could see that I recognized him as starstruck. I didn't approach him. I just like, <gasps> Yeah. I just got excited. I had an expression of excitement when yeah. I saw him. And he looked at me, and he looked at me and goes, hi. And he had this really sweet, friendly face to him, like just trying to give me acknowledgement that, hey, you know, happy to see you. And yeah. he just had a – and it just kind of made my day, like for the rest of the day. And I'm still That's talking amazing. about it now. You got so, DeVito'd. It's so nice. Yeah, I got DeVito'd. And it was like, it was like hey. And I was like. That's great. Thank you so much for, you know, just being a nice person. Like yeah. the person that I want you to be, he is. you were that person yeah, and good. all you gave me was two seconds, you yeah. know? That's and good. and, it, and I'll, I'll always remember you that way as opposed God bless to, that you know, guy, man. God bless there's that. some celebrities that are not necessarily that way. I knew somebody 30, 40 years ago ran into Alan Alda and she said, oh my God, I love you. Um, can I have your autograph? He's like, I don't do autographs, but I shake hands. No, <laughs> that is so Alan Alda. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I almost forgive yeah. for Sweet Liberty after that. That's fantastic. Uh, I love I love Alan Alda. I think Alan Alda is Well, wonderful. Tom Cruise says, I don't shake hands, but I do fist pumps. And I said, all right, I'll do it. Oh, he does fist pumps. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I think I, he's a little bit of a like germaphobe thing, so that's fine. You know, obviously now I don't think he does anything except stay in a bubble somewhere. But Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Man, I mean, although yeah. he did do that okay. ad for Tenet where he ran into the theater with the mask on and was then watched the entire uh, uh, Tom Cruise. He did an ad for Tenet saying like, oh, theaters are back. And he went in and watched Tenet with uh, an audience and all this kind of stuff. And I was like – I know that, like, the one thing they're not showing you is they are fumigating that entire audience <laughs> 30 seconds before. It's like the Andromeda they're, Strand. They're <laughs> setting all the chairs on fire. <laughs> they blow torching the chairs. Everyone's in these huge hazmat outfits eating popcorn, but they can't put it in their mouth, right. so it's just bouncing off the plastic screen. That's right. Yes. It's, all, it's all virtual production. It's, it's all virtual. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's all fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. But yeah, the best thing about Beetlejuice that I always remember and I still love is when he goes in in the beginning and he goes to that hardware store and Alec Baldwin and the barber's outside. Trim it a little bit. Just the trim barber. it a little bit. Just like, just trim it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> the barber. They never, like, you know there's a story with that. Someone's going to have to create like a side story with that barber and it's going to be like a Conan Brothers film. You know, it's going right. to be like really d dark and disturbing. Yeah. About the. <laughs> well, the Can we also say how evil that dog is for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like I'm just gonna thing. I'm just gonna put step off this board two second for two seconds. Right. Okay, yeah. you guys will be fine. Yeah. It's like, and then he comes out. He's like, 
looks like they weren't fine. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. I I wonder if you were to go into like the uh, the deep the, like Beetlejuice message boards if there's fanfic. <laughs> Uh, about that dog and or that uh, the guy outside the plot park, twist. Right? It's yeah. actually Beetlejuice who's the dog. <laughs> I will dig it up. <laughs> that has got to be true. I will. I found uh, a thing where it's all these behind the scenes photos of them shooting in Hollywood, and I'll share it with people. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. It was some like nice. chat room thing. Like it. Yeah, like it was it. literally just them hanging out behind the scenes. Now, Jason says, uh, I, I, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. My parents were barbers. Your parents were both barbers? How? That's quite funny. That is a rarity. Like, isn't that sort of yes. like, yeah, like And barbers are a very common theme, not just in film, but all the way back to opera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. The barber of Seville. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. So barbers are actually a, a very important part of society. You are having an intimate experience with someone. That is uh, strange because you're paying this person to groom you and make you look better, right? And that is a very interesting experience. And that is a theme of a lot of movies, uh, including, uh, you know, obviously Barbershop. <laughs> uh, we talked about it on uh, Rushmore. Um, and uh, what's the other one? That the I'm one thinking? that oh. De Palma did in the 80s with, 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 uh, with. Dress to Kill. No, he did the one <laughs> where it was the mob one, Capone. Yeah, yes. yeah, well, Untouchables. Yeah, that's a great part. And then I was going to bring up that exact film, Monkey Man. The Man Who Wasn't There oh, big is actually a Coen Brothers film. That's actually why I brought it up because I was thinking about that 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 guy in front. Is like there's got it. There's something about it that felt like a Coen Brothers film. You're at, you and you followed my train of thought. So. Well, the thing is, like no. that's, that's the thing. It's like I think okay? that there's something yeah. that, that, that ties this all together. Is that both Tim Burton and uh, the 1950s as represented by the invasion of the body snatchers. Like there is a, a, a sort of a center, like an Americana that Americana that, yeah. that, that both are kind of dealing with. And uh, like invasion of the body snatchers is the critical panic version of that. Like, like what is the false reality that we have built? And Tim Burton is sort of like, is, is, uh, is looking at that very nostalgically and sweetly. You know, like he's like the 1950s is a is a force of pure good just in it's an innocent time. And like it's weirder than you thought it was, but it is uh, but it's an honest and good place, you know, and uh, and like because I also relate Tim Burton stuff like that to like. But it, this was at the height of the term yuppie. Yeah. Right? right. So they're the ultimate yuppies going to the right. small town. Right. So that that was like, you know, in the 80s, it was like <clears throat> yuppies. They were like, I can't get good Sichuan fil- uh, Chinese here. Like, what are yuppies, like, you know, Chris? I've never heard that. You, no, come on. <laughs> yuppies. Young urban professionals, as we mm-hmm. say in the biz. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's try I, Okay. Continue, please. Uh Different than Dinks. Yes. For double income, no kids. Double income, no kids. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I think that the, like that, that, that was the exact period where like, you know, what became the boomers uh, were, you know, a little nostalgic for their childhood and it was starting to creep into their fiction, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, again, I think that, cause that's what you see from Burton. It's also basically what David Lynch built his entire career on. Yeah. Career on. 
you know. Right. And uh, and both like isn't the opening Blue Velvet like the fire truck? They're waving. Yeah, and they're waving and all that stuff. And and both of them have that same thing where it's just like there's a weird confrontation between like the pure childlike happiness of what they're trying to represent and the scary weird undertones that are threaded through it. Because like the right. uh, like a blue velvet's opening, it's just like red fire truck, white picket fence, Waiting. red roses, all this stuff, and the you know the guy's watering his lawn, but the hose gets snagged, and then he has a stroke, and you're like, oh, and everything gets knocked out. And Beetlejuice has a, like the a much lighter version of that flavor going on. You know, it's a very breezy movie uh, on the surface, but what's happening underneath it is really strange. You know, and right. it's dealing head on with death in in very matter-of-fact terms. It's just putting it in a very likable, charming way. And I think that that's what Tim Burton was best at in those days, was like, he was he would take things that are really difficult to talk about, even when you talk about them seriously, and, uh, and frame them in a way that made it easier, but also made it weirdly deeper. Because you didn't realize how deep you were going in talking about it when you make it into a, a weird comedy. What do you think his best film is? I know which one it is. For me, Edwin. Edward is his best film. I yeah. agree. Yeah, Edward is perfect. That's one it's of the a perfect best. film. Perfect movie, but probably my favorite movie on filmmaking ever. Yeah, it's it's like he is completely in touch with uh, everything that he's talking about in that movie. He's not just doing it for the style. He's not just doing it for the visuals, uh, for or for clever setups. Like Have he's you seen like it? he really no. really understands. We're gonna watch that. We're gonna watch it tonight. Oh god, it's mm, perfect. Sure. I love. That's my absolute favorite movie I've had on disc. I just, I just was blown away, like by Bill Murray and, and um, uh, D'Onofrio as Orson Welles. As Orson Welles, I know. Yeah, who's who's the guy that did the voiceover? That he did. Uh, he was like he was the brain from Picking the Brain. Can't remember that actor's name. But he's very very good. It's very good. But uh, but D'Onofrio is hysterical. And yeah, I think Bunny Breckenridge, Bill Bill Murray's Bunny Breckenridge is one of my favorite characters ever in movies like that's like quintessential murray and it's such a charming lovely i used to character. before i used to come i lived in la i used to come out and sl- uh, stay with a friend of mine and sleep on his couch and he was the manager of the ambassador hotel film section and it was a closed hotel but mm-hmm. they used it for films like um the Christian Slater, uh, Tarantino-written uh, movie. Uh, True Romance. Yeah, with the, the pillows in the air. Yep. But they shot a lot of uh, the Ed Wood stuff there. Oh, yeah. And it was an yep. empty hotel. So I sometimes would go to work with him, and I would hang out in the old Sammy Davis Jr. suite in the empty hotel. Oh, yeah, man. I did a lot of photos. You can see them on Instagram, but I have right. a huge – and I would just – and it was those diners and stuff inside. It was an empty hotel. That's and nice. I used to walk around with this guy, Joe, and he was there when Kennedy was killed. And he would take me around and show me places. And he worked there as a, as a val, you know, carrying luggage for guys around the 20s, 30s. Right. I've, got a, I've got a story, celebrity story related to uh, uh, Beetlejuice. So oh, I had a friend worse. of mine. I had a friend of mine who was a concierge of the Four Seasons in Houston. And while he was doing that, there was uh, a show going on at one of the, 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 the theaters in, in the art district in Houston that uh, was Camelot. And the person acting in Camelot was Robert Goulet. <laughs> and so <laughs> Robert Goulet. Goulet was, doing, was Goulet. doing Camelot. And so he had a suite at the Four Seasons while he was doing the show of Camelot. And in the suite was his cat. And so my friend, who was the concierge at the Four Seasons, had to take care of 
Robert Goulet's Robert cat, Goulet's who, was cat. Quite, who was quite old. <laughs> Uh, and Robert Goulet's cat died oh, no. while while he was there, and he's like, "Oh shit, I killed Robert Goulet's cat." That's like an indie film, right there. Yeah, right. And I it was Robert really, cat, yes. really funny. And so we had to console him over martinis at our local bar that he didn't do that. But it was yeah. no, the cat was on its way out long before he got involved. He had it coming. That's right. That cat I just, had like, had just think about like being the concierge at the Four Seasons and taking care of Robert Goulet's cat. That's, yeah, you know, that, that's like, a uh, very unique position right there. <laughs> yeah. That's hysterical. Did, and so when the cat died, did he put it in like a shoebox? And then when he came to the concierge, like, oh, sir, there's a package for you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good film. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. It's covered in tofu. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was a way homer right there. I'm very proud of that comeback. That's nice. Nicely done. Lancelot. Yeah, yeah I know. He was yeah. Lancelot and Camelot for decades. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yep. I love Goulet. Goulet was pretty great. And he, and, he, and he had a good sensibility of making fun of himself later on when he became you know, more of a... Another good movie of Tim Burton's is uh, Mars Attacks. Love oh, yeah. It. Yeah. 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 So my kids did not like Mars Attacks. You're not because brought to me or your friends. <laughs> I think they need to rewatch it. I don't think they were ready for Mars I like Attacks. We showed it to them too Mars, soon. Like now, now they probably chihuahua, like it. That yeah. Chihuahua with the um, like, so they switched to bio the wo- woman and yeah. the Chihuahua and um, the Chihuahua with the lady's body. It, oh, yeah. yes. I thought that was really funny because he had a small head. He had a small little head and well, it had a huge name? body. And when Marie. they were attacking, when they were attacking the aliens, he was just punching them. Yeah. But it's just like yep. that would be that would because Chihuahuas are so aggressive. I know <laughs> yes. that by experience. Yes. Yes. Of by Lucy experience. Bi- I have experience yeah. of Lucy biting my feet. Yeah. In the, mm-hmm. at like mm-hmm. 3 a.m. But like, anyways, that's not the point. Anyways, um, um, that would be the, that'd yeah. be the Mars attacks would be the uh, the frontliner on um, uh, on uh, uh, cri- the Criterion edition uh, for Chihuahuas. Like a Chashu's Criterion collection is like Mars attacks. Oh right, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, <laughs> yes thank you, it, thank yeah. you. Jason. Now I was going to say that, but I, I wanted Olivia to to finish the story. And I, I will note that Jason, when we talked about the the the, the Goulet's cat as a as an independent film, uh, <laughs> that is definitely a Wes Anderson film. Yes, and Jason exactly. is one hundred percent correct yeah. that just that Wes Anderson should be yeah. directing that. So. It's gonna be, uh, yeah, it's and I'm digging having having these extra uh, extra guys like Jason and yeah. Dan and, 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 and uh, everyone on yeah. our podcast and having you guys involved. Yeah, it's it's really fun. great. Uh, but yeah, and if there are more people involved, that's fine. But it, just having you guys alone is really fun. Yeah. To be yeah. This. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. That was good. So, Olivia, how, what do you think of the podcast so far? I really like it. <laughs> yeah. That's great yeah, to have you on, man. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Yeah. yeah. And if you have other ideas, you know, let us know. You know, we'd love to have you okay. on uh, uh, as part of this I'd podcast. I'd love to do well. it again, you know? <laughs> uh, sure. Sure. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll think about it now that we're. We're committing a little bit more regularly to every Saturday. We, can, we should get we can Lillian and Olivia, too. Oh, that time. would be fun. Oh, my God. Why don't just put them on and talk about anime? And just, you yeah. Don't worry. We'll be Or you can start your own Twitch. You can start your own Twitch. Yeah, that's You can start your own Yeah, I want to do one on Twitch. I want to do some lives of my art. Oh, without mm-hmm. a doubt. And, so, oh, and then slowly move sure. on to Skyrim because I can. <laughs> yeah, right on. She's sure. Skyrim. Is this no, a, that's The Witcher. She's but. Skyrim uh, jewelry. 
Yes. Oh, nice. Are you starting to do Witcher that. stuff now? Are you doing Witcher? Oh, well. She reads all the books? Yeah, I read all the books. Oh, cool. That's it. That's it. Yes, but I'm I remember like Olivia and I were talking about Skyrim for when I, when we first started Shelter in Place here in LA. I was just like, I was like, I'm going to start playing Skyrim I was, again. I was yeah. just like, it's like it's rare to find these kinds of people who know Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about Skyrim quite a bit. It was, yeah, which was fun. It's yeah. fun. I made I a new Argonian character in Skyrim. And I don't know why, but I named her Honeycomb. I love it. I need to actually, every time I start Skyrim, I think I'm going to do a different kind of character. Same, and like, but I do. But I always end up doing the same character. Yeah, but I keep making it a Dark Brotherhood assassin who who's like a level of whatever, like really high in stealth. Right. Oh, okay. I'm just like. I always go with magic. I go like hardcore magic. I'm magic. just like, I really don't get why. Like I tell myself, it's like, I should do a mage build this time. Don't make it. Don't make it into an assassin. It's like two minutes later. It's like, darn it, Olivia. <laughs> it's like it's like already finished the Dark Brotherhood quest line. It's like Olivia, you did it again. <laughs> yep, yep. All the stealth. All the stealth. You can it's like get. we need that stealth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. I do. I always, I always do the 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 the, the mage's quest and the thief quest and then the Dark Brotherhood quest. I always do all those three of those. One things. of my characters. Um, I finished the Dark Brotherhood quest line and the Thieves Guild quest line finally. And um I started to move on to like the Dragonborn thing. Um but then right. I also started the Dawn Guard. I was like, okay, which one should I do? Dawn Guard or Dragonborn? The one where I That's can become cool. an assassin. It's like I'll go killing I'll go on doing um assassin thing again. Yeah, well, if you like that, you should actually talk to Dan here and play the game Thief because he likes doing stealthy things too. Yeah, Thief is, is, is thief. It's a real classic, it's true. I, it's I, a real classic game that weakness. Dan wrote yeah. and directed. I, I can't take that much credit for it, he but I did. I wrote, wrote, no, he did everything. Yeah. He did all I, designed I, all I, the I characters. Did, exactly. He did the executables. He even yeah, wrote the uninstaller files. <laughs> <laughs> that took a while. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I'm glad that worked. <laughs> yeah, no, Where we, can we get that? Uh, you can get it on Steam. Yeah, like Thief is like you know, like three or four bucks on Steam now, uh, but it's I just replayed it and it's still great. It's I mean an old game, but it's still still great. And actually, the best way to play it now is the uh, the people like there's a huge um, uh, uh, underground uh, support for Thief, and it was rebuilt with the Doom engine just a few years ago, and yeah. you have people making levels for it called the Dark Mod. And they are spectacular. Like if you like sneaking around and assassinating people, look for the dark mod. It's so much fun. <laughs> Who doesn't? Or join the Marines. Either way. But I mean, like this is like the I think this is the, the right. safer way to do it. But it's a really, really, really great game. Or the Proud Boys. There's one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good time. Good time. My one, my one weakness in Skyrim is pickpocketing, and especially. Lockpicking. <laughs> oh, you got to play Thief. You have to play Thief. That's the entire thing. And you game. have to play Thief. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. All right. Without My weakness so, is lockpicking. It yeah. always keeps breaking. And I'm yeah. like... Oh, that's I, why I, I do the Thieves Guild, and then I, I, get, like, I, I take, I take the, 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 the Master Lock, and then I never get rid of it. Because you're supposed to end it. You're supposed to end the, that 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 thing by giving the the the, the lockpick that doesn't break. I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna keep this for a while. Yeah. I, I I'm gonna go on on a limb here. I think this is true. The that design for the lockpicking that is just the way the lockpick 
game, mini games are done now, was yeah. from I believe, and Jason can check me on this Thief Two that was designed for. Oh, to, to, to how you click, 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 yeah, click, click. That click, was click, the click, the first time that was ever done was designed for Thief Two, and you and worked on that. I I did. I was uh, I was part That's of. That's awesome. Yeah, I I directed the cutscenes and I did uh, I contributed a lot to the story storyline, and uh, and, and that and, is a and game based on uh, Jimmy Khan. I would hope so. I wish it were true. And actually, uh, I did. I ripped off hugely from that movie. <laughs> I will definitely say that. There are shots in the cutscenes that are stone cold stolen from guys welding and sparks flying. Yeah, and like Lincoln Town cars. Yep, yep. It's all true. The Lincoln Town cars just a little medievalized. It's a little bit sort of the. It's the. It's the fourteen hundreds version of a Lincoln Town car. Yeah. Yep. This is this is random, but every time like. I, um, whenever I make stories with my characters or now, but it all starts off with me having a dream about it. And then if I really like it, I'll wake up and be like, I want to get more into about that story. Totally. So then yeah. I'll do that for the whole entire day. And then I get obsessed with that story. But one of the main stories I'm currently working on, um, I really don't have a name for it yet, but, um, I'm still thinking about that, but, um, one of the, it really got off of, um, from Skyrim and The Witcher mixed together. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Like, they're such great settings, man. They inspire so much. And the Dawn yeah. Guard from Skyrim with yep. all the vampires. Yeah, yeah. it's mainly about oh, vampires. Right. And I was just like, I really like that. <laughs> I know that nice. uh, Dave3D guy in the chat, uh, he's a giant Witcher 3 fan. He's, uh, he got me into Witcher and, uh, and that world is spectacular. I still not really seen the show. I've seen the first couple episodes. My of the show. favorite character is Yennefer. <laughs> Yennefer's cool. Yennefer, yeah. Yeah, Yennefer's the cool. best. <laughs> yeah, super, super cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, like, I'm about I'm a third of the way through the game. I've not read the books, so the books good. <laughs> the books are really good, actually. Um, like, yeah. uh, she's read a lot of them. That's I'm awesome. on. I'm currently on the Blood of the Elves book, mm-hmm. which, um, uh. There's more of Triss in that book than mm-hmm. there is of Yennefer. Right. But I want to see more Yennefer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, if, I do not, if I do not see Yennefer on this page, I will You're scream. You're bailing. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I'm yeah. skipping. <laughs> yeah, totally Witcher 3, g- great game. I um, I have a lot of friends that have that game. I wish I had it. <laughs> That's cool. It's a good game. Is, um, it's interesting that you guys like that stuff too, like The Witcher. <laughs> You're just like in the back, like, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, I love mm-hmm. it. Totally get it. <laughs> Witcher's not really up, up Eric's alley. I don't. Think. It's no. okay. It's okay. Eric, I used to love yes. exactly I'm currently wearing The Witcher no, alley because I, like, I, like I can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Dave Reedy is talking about like, have you guys watched The Witcher on Netflix? I've seen a couple episodes. I, honestly speaking, it's I'm a little bit. It was it, it was one of those content overload things that's that's right. going on right now. So I can't really always. I watch think uh, Henry Cavill is perfect. Oh he's, yeah, he's, he's great. great. He's really yeah. great. Did you see that movie he was in, um, Ilona Holmes with uh, Millie Bobby Brown? Oh no, I haven't too. seen that yet. That sounds like. Oh, really it's good. good. Yeah, is it's, that good? I didn't know Sherlock he was in that. Holmes yeah. In that. Oh, okay. Did you right, see? Right. Did you see? Like this is right when we were all sheltering in place and doing things. He did a video on YouTube of him assembling a PC and putting it together. Oh yeah, oh, he was doing that PC thing. 
That's uh, that's an adventure. He was like, and he, and, he, and he was really pissed <laughs> off because <laughs> he, he, he had all this. He had this whole thing, and he's put <laughs> it all together. And he's like, you know, very meticulous. Like, here's the memory, here's the card, and the power supply, and everything. And he put all the. It was water cooled, I think, and he had all of the water cooling going on. I was just, how and do then, you have the patience to do that? Well, that's how you do it. That's how you build a computer. How you do anything. And so he did this video about it, and then he put it together, and he and he, and he had a glass front in front of it because, of course, it's a gaming computer. Right. And uh, <laughs> and then he. He looked at it, and the 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 logo on the LED light that was in the fan of the CPU was upside down. And he's like, "Wait, what?" And then he's like, "Ugh!" So he had to disassemble the whole, the whole thing, thing and put it back wow. together again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the logo was upside down. And it's like, "Yep, yep, that's so and, and that involves scraping out all of the silver paint oh, and all this so stuff." Good, it was like, dude. "Yeah," because like I, I I I sympathize with this because like I just the PC I use now is the first uh, one that I've, I've ever built. And I did right. it with heavy help from uh, Dave and Chat, uh, yeah. and I could not believe how uh, like I'm trying to put I'm putting this thing together, and I'm like, uh, but it's not fitting into the thing, you know? It's not fit, like the card's not fit, and, and Dave's like, no, you just have to really jam it in there, and I was like, but I just paid like a lot of money for this, and I'm, I'm I have to like when did you build it? This like maybe uh, two years ago, and uh, right, and so like I'm, and it's like an old Atari cartridge, you know, when you have to push the oh the memory card, the yeah. memory stuff, yeah, right, and yeah. so like you have to wait for that click, and he's like, Ugh! you felt like I'm just like I'm about to throw a good thousand bucks out the window if I if I lean wrong, <laughs> it's like it's so stressful, I couldn't even believe yeah. it, dude. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. I mean, it saved a lot of money. We would do it that way, but man, I'm I like, have that's why you know, yeah, if you get a good, yeah, yeah. He, oh, oh, and, oh, man, and uh, Monkey Man chimes in. Cavill also plays Warhammer 40,000. That is some nerdy, nerdy stuff right there. That's it says Cavill is a secret nerd. Oh, that is – it's public now, my friend. This is That is yeah. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. that's like hardcore, like tabletop uh, miniatures warfare stuff. Really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Really fun. I'm Dave so glad. 3D. Yeah, not so secret. Not so secret, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Dave 3D guy asked if any of us watched The Witcher on Netflix. I have not. Yes. T- I've only yes. seen the first few episodes. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've watched it. Yeah, I'm. Go- awesome. I'm. I'm going to wait till I think second season just to see if they get there. Because the stuff that I'd like them to do better, I bet they're going to fix. And oh. uh, I think it's going to get turn into a better show. It's a good show right now, but it's like, I think it, I think it'll tighten up. I remember like the last. Uh, I'm not actually going to say because that might spoil, but um. But I remember Siri and Yennefer are my both favorite characters. And Siri, um, in the books, I find her to be adorable because, uh, I don't know really what age she is. I think she's about like 12 or 11, but she acts like she's like six. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, I really like her as a character, but Yennefer, uh, she's, um, I don't know. She's a really good character too. Huh? Yeah, that's good. No, I've been having that's a good. blast. It's really good to have great. things that you like like that. You know, to have that thing that yeah. you, you're passionate about. And I, I know that Chris know. was that obsessed with Skyrim for at least this long. Oh, at least, <laughs> at least, at least. At least. Yeah. <laughs> that was really something. At least. Yeah, like I love that uh, game, but you were in a yeah. whole different space. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it was. It's a thing. Like I said, I like. It's like you know what I got to do to get through pandemic. I'm gonna still lo- reload Skyrim on this. Thing. It's Skyrim and Fraser. I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna build ass. a. I'm gonna build a house in Skyrim. I'm gonna fill it with potatoes, and that's what I'm gonna do right now. <laughs> I want to fill it with cheese. <laughs> no, I'm gonna fill it with cheese. Cheese, and yeah, you yeah, cannot yeah. stop me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. It's like the spouse house. walks in the room. It's like what's in here? And it's just like. You know, I'm gonna close it back up. <laughs> it's just I like an overload of cheese and it potatoes. It's too much cheese, obviously. I mean, like, I think what we should do is like have, have a version of uh, of uh, Skyrim, a build of Skyrim that plays uh, the Fraser music uh, only oh, with yeah. uh, with a bit with a big orchestra. <laughs> this has been a thing. This is a thing. Okay, so it's interesting because Brady's taking guitar lessons, and and his 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 teacher keeps asking, well, "What kind of music do you want to learn to play?" And all he wants to learn how to play is the different intros into Frasier. Like, like that's all. Exactly. Like, well, that's what he wants to play. He wants stuff. to like know how to play. It used to be Smoke on the Water. Yeah. And nope. now? Now it's, it's uh, intro to Frasier. Frasier theme songs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Frasier outros. <laughs> intros, intros. Because the outros are like, you know, Tall Solid and Scrambled Eggs. That's the yeah, outro. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, that's in, in the Witcher game, uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, um, there is like they also the game makes this whole entire drama with uh Triss and Yennefer um and how they both want Geralt. <laughs> and I was like that may have been interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Sure. And I'm starting to grow hate on Triss. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Dave three D guy says season two will be about series Witcher training. Right. Yes, I saw um, the Instagram posts of her with the sword, and that's cool. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's gonna be. That's we got to get these right. guys, uh, uh, Lily and uh, O here. Olivia connected, yes. No, yes. That, 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 yeah, like I, I think they're on like their own podcast. With they're already the, talking about stuff like this. I was like, yeah, I yeah, think for sure. we should, we should uh, <laughs> she should connect that way for sure. Uh, it's totally awesome uh, for you to come on board, man. I'm, it's it's great to have you on the podcast. This is really fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Olivia, for bringing these great films to us. And it was really cool to see uh, Beetlejuice again, even though I was going to watch it anyway because it was Halloween. <laughs> uh, right. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was a really cool, especially because you said, no, you need to watch the 1956 version. Because I would have automatically gone to the 78. And uh, I think 56 was was good. Was really good to, to bring that up. Now so I will I'm also be doing my own special um, uh, solo podcast simply on how much I love the '78 version, uh, but that's mainly a monologue that I do on stage, you know, in, in West Hollywood. Yeah, just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, you play like three characters, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and then at the end I point at myself and do the yell. One man show. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Yeah. No, one you're one. doing your own podcast, right? <laughs> I, I'm going to have to. I mean, this is what I'm going to start uh, doing <laughs> over that one. I'm I'm yeah. a ridiculous fan of that movie. Huge, huge. Yeah, movie. changed my life. Changed my life. Yeah. Dan's throne, as we'll call it. Yes. <laughs> Dan's and my hate of Return of the Jedi. Yes, thank you, Monkey Man. That's yeah. that is my own podcast. Repeating that same speech about my hate. Oh, of but that's such Jedi. a great one. I love <laughs> it's a classic. that. Classic. We haven't brought that around in a while. We it's not. It it's not his hate of Return of the Jedi that's 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 interesting. It's what he thinks the Return of the Jedi should have been. That's amazing <laughs> because that's the movie now I really want to see. Uh, this is true. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> and oh, your, your, yeah, your podcast should be a Zardoz. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, uh, Dan has been doing a bunch of uh, uh, shorts as uh, Zardoz voiceover uh, that are quite 
quite good. There's uh, yeah. no way to explain them, just experience them. And uh, Where can people find those, Dan? Uh, if you go to uh, my YouTube page, so if you basically put my name, which is a very unique name, into YouTube, you'll find me, my page, and Zardoz. But the, the Zardoz uh, uh, show is called Zardoz Speaks. And, uh, Zar- so just look up Zardoz Speaks on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, it, it'll come up pretty quick. And I apologize in advance. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should apologize for that. Really but, so, but one of the one of the greatest episodes is one that uh, uh, Chris's son wrote. Uh, so I need to pimp that out as well. It's a very that was one of the best received episodes by far. Really? Yeah, a lot of good feedback on that one. How many episodes have you done already? Uh, there, I believe, are eleven. Uh, plus, yeah. there's a director's commentary for uh, episode five. <laughs> Wow. Right, we're up to three hours here too, guys. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. It needs, yeah. to get, needs to get going because you guys are two hours, three hours ahead of us. So yep. we're going to wrap it up. But this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much, Olivia, for bringing this, these to us. Uh, great. You are welcome again to come Anytime. on. Yep. Yeah. All you got to do you is make a suggestion of what you want to talk about. We'll get about. you back yeah. on and we'll do it. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. yeah. We'll Absolutely. go through your agent, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, Our people we'll talk to your to people. My agent, work it out. You know? yeah, exactly. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. For sure. All right. Okay. You guys and ready Lily, to do this? connection with Lily. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll just, I'll just, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get their phone numbers. They'll text each other. That's fine. Oh, thank that's you, Dave. They, well, that's what the Olivia. kids are doing yeah, these days. Everybody, so Dave, uh, thank uh, you. Wants to a great show. We want to make sure that it gets out there. Thank you, everybody yeah. in the chat line. That was incredible. You guys are always awesome. Uh, Dan, yeah. Dan, send your art, your picture, so I can finish the artwork. I will take care of that right away. And I'll get the artwork out to everybody. Awesome. We'll All do. Right. We'll do. Cool. All right. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yep. Drink. Talk. Drink. Talk. Drink.